0: What is going on, my beautiful people? Welcome back to Unnecessary Rambling Iron brand and Sylvia. Thank you all for stopping by. I'm joined today by Mr. Jeffrey Martin in the building. How you doing, man? What's up? <laughs> I don't know. I was my mind was trying to race and think if something
1: funny would come. It wouldn't, so it just went with that. How's it going, dude? Pretty How good, are you today? Man.
0: Pretty, pretty good. I'm excited to uh kick this off on this this lovely monday morning we got a good show planned for you all actually a lot of a lot of good uh video game discussion to be had today i'm actually uh curious on on uh some of the things you you've been playing here on your list um uh,
1: before i jump into that though what was what was that word you said can you can you say that word for us again you tried to say a word i think it came out really well what was it can you uh <laughs> I think the audience wants to know what that word was again. Uh,
0: <clears throat> veggie gaming, man. Veggie gaming. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the yeah. hobby, the
1: hobby. Veggie gaming.
0: Veggie gaming. Yeah, that that's uh, that's what that's what my that's what my kind of people call it down here in the dirty, dirty south. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, veggie gaming. All right, vegetable gaming. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about some vegetable games.
0: But yeah, man, I'm um, I'm pumped to 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 kick this off today i like i said i think you have some interesting stuff on your list to talk about what we've been playing and um and and yeah dude i'm i'm, I'm pumped to I'm, I'm 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 it's early man my brain is is trying to trying to kick myself into <laughs> gear to to get my wheels spinning to to get this thing on and popping but uh i'm i'm pumped to pumped to have you here man yeah, for you guys watching, just know we uh, obviously
1: this is our second episode together, we would normally record on, on just behind the scenes, we would normally would record on a Sunday night, you know, we're fresh from the weekend ready to go. But this time around this weekend, we're doing it very, very early on a Monday morning. So you got to bear with us as we uh, get popping here. So we're gonna we'll get into it. You just got to let us wake up a second, maybe some yawns, some cries
0: some yelling. Who knows? <laughs> <but>. <laughs> All right, Are dude, you- well, let's let's uh uh, let's uh, hold on hold on before before you before (laughs) before are you a coffee guy Uh, i am
1: yeah so i I drink way too much coffee but this morning i'm trying some uh green tea in my my manly pink mug just because i don't have another color of like one that'll last so it doesn't get cold
0: Nice. Um,
1: so it's tea this morning normally coffee too much coffee Are you a coffee guy? Do you drink caffeine or are you a caffeine person?
0: I I don't drink any caffeine. I I don't drink any coffee. Uh, I I shouldn't say I don't drink any caffeine. I don't drink any coffee. I try to avoid caffeine, but it's not, I I don't, it's, I'm just so anxious that I feel it's not like for any health reasons. Obviously, I mean, I eat damn Whataburger and Waffle House on a daily basis. I'm not, I'm not (laughs) living the healthiest of lives out here, but it's, uh, I don't know. I get the jitters from, from. Caffeine, so I try to I try to avoid it. Um, it, just anything. I I've been trying to be a little bit healthier in general with with uh, just eating and my, my big thing. Like I never got the I never got the hooks in me with any sort of alcohol or drug addictions, but man, food food <laughs> has me by. I I mean, it has me hooked, dude. I am a junkie for some good horrible 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 food
1: and that's okay man you got to have your everyone's got their uh their things that they go to what's your what's your i know we're going off on food tangent maybe this is going to turn into a food podcast that's okay what's your go-to meal and what's your go-to snack food so like what's your like man i need this meal this is what makes me happiest what's your snack you're like when i want to sit down watch something play a game whatever
0: Okay, so I don't eat at all while playing games, but whenever okay. I'm, like, watching a, a podcast or watching a movie or whatever, well, it depends, because, like, for a snack or a good Reese's, a king-size Reese's peanut butter cup, I, I really can't... I can't do much better than a good uh, king-size Reese's peanut butter cup. Now, I will say, this isn't... Uh, no free promotion over here, so Hope's Cheesecake, you're going to have to pay me for this, but Hope's, <laughs> <laughs> Hope's Cheesecake. We got, a, we got a spot in Gulf Shores, Alabama, Hope's Cheesecake. They are... I mean it's so 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 good. So so good. Um but yeah like like a for for a snack that I can kind of rely like hopes cheesecakes fairly expensive so I don't go there too often but a good cheap <laughs> nice Reese's peanut butter cup I uh, yeah I, I can't do much better than that. Some donuts man I I'm a, I'm a big sweet guy. I love sweets. Um for like totally going out all for for you know just as bad as you can get as unhealthy as you can get. <laughs> i i would I would probably say what a burger, getting like a large onion ring with a honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich, something like that, a, a, a chocolate milkshake. that's kind of that's kind of like when I'm when I'm really wanting to to feel like absolute ass the next day that that's kind of my go-to
1: <laughs> so monday so monday to friday then okay, okay. Yeah, I, I well <laughs> to, to, Sorry, to me, I,
0: too much information there. i shouldn't tell everyone about that, yeah. okay. <laughs> i i i do avoid i do avoid the the chocolate shakes on wednesday though because you know wednesday is not the day for chocolate shakes you just can't can't do it you it's got it knowledge yeah, yeah knowledge. six days a week is healthy to to drink chocolate shakes but not seven
1: There you have it. Now we know. Well, my, my my go-to snack food, I'm doing better on it. So every night I used to just eat ice cream every night, like every single night. Cause I'm like you, I'm a sweets guy. So I'd rather go for the sweets all the time. And so for those that don't know, I live in Chicago. So like, we have a lot of food options living in the city. So for me, it was eating ice cream every single night. And then the pounds, they started to come on those pounds, you know Um, that some tortilla chips, you know, just like some chips and crackers, man, that stuff. But for me, it's gonna be pizza.
0: Yeah. I, just, I can't
1: I can't deny a pizza again. Living in Chicago, we have like every type of pizza. Although I will say, being from Chicago, I'm not a deep dish guy. I like the I still like the New York style thin crust, like just the or the Italian Neapolitan. So you give me a good like yeah, pizza like that, Dan, I'll, I'll scarf that full thing down and gain the pounds and feel like garbage, but it'll be worth it. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> the land of consumption. Yeah. <laughs> I uh Dude, I got up to. I'm Right now, I'm sitting at about two forty eight ish, two forty seven ish. I got up to two ninety. Well, two eighty six, but I know that that was probably lower because I was like I, the first time I weighed myself, I was starting to diet, so I, I got up to around like two ninety. And the thing, like I, I'm, I'm six three, so I'm a fairly big dude, and I don't really carry weight horribly so like I, I never it, it, I never looked in the mirror and was like oh dude you gotta you know you gotta do something about this <laughs> but it was just like I, re- I remember one day I was driving back home from work and it felt like my gut was just pushing into my chest and I was like alright that that that's the sign right there that's the sign if I ever needed a sign to start dieting that's the sign I was getting anxiety I was like you know I, I, I my chest feels a little bit tight and it's like dude your gut's pushing into it <laughs>
1: That that quickly reminds me, because as you say that I used to, so I, I right now weigh like a little over 200, but I used to weigh like one forty I was tiny, man, like tiny little like dude. And a few years ago, I was working an office job in the city and you had to wear like the nice clothes, you know, dress up all that shenanigans, something I don't normally do. And it was during this time of like sedentary job and eating a bunch of crap at night and during the day. And to your point, I started to notice that like the, the, the nice shirt that I was wearing, the buttons were popping off. And the buttons were popping off because as you said, they were just pushing out there. So I'd look down and I'd be like, well, there goes a button. I guess I'm a fatty better lose that. So,
0: (laughs) Dude. No, you know, a a crazy thing I've noticed too, is that uh, I feel, and it's so weird. You know how you're You'll hear people say, uh, well, you know, what would you do if, if you didn't work? How are you gonna be productive if you don't work? How are you gonna find that thing that inspires you if you don't like people talk about uh you shouldn't retire early because you're not gonna have that that fire in you, you're not gonna have dude. I find when I'm off, when I have off days, I'm so, 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 so much healthier, so much more productive. Whenever I'm cause, you know, similar to you, a lot of my job is sitting. Um, and I, I find that if I don't like if I have to sit for you know, let's just say five out of the eight hours in a day, or or whatever. You know, whatever comparison you want to throw out there, like mm-hmm. it feels harder whenever you're off to get that energy to to keep moving. But whenever I'm off, and it's like okay, you know, I'll go out and I'll, I'll work out for thirty minutes. I'll go and uh, do this for. Like I, I feel just it's easier to keep moving. And I, I even like I track it on my Fitbit. You know, just the the movement and days where I'm like. The, the, the my off days i'm so 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 much more productive in terms of like moving around and trying to be healthy than i am when i work it's it's a really weird thing i wonder if that's a common uh i wonder if that's common or i wonder i i'm not i'm not sure but i, I really find that i'm way more productive when i have off days which would is kind of antithetical to what i guess most people would assume
1: that's a good point and the fact that you can like recognize that about yourself do you think though it's because the other days of the week or weekend whatever you're working and so like you know you're doing that so obviously by nature of having the off days you're gonna want to like feel more energized because it's like your time right if you had your time all the time i'm just trying to think of like the devil's advocate side to that point you made this yeah. is turning into like a ted talk isn't it now <laughs> Where, like about like the, the pros and cons of like the <laughs> the, the <days> workforce <laughs> But I just wonder like, is it because, you know, like, because I know like when I work a lot and then I have a couple of days off, I feel the same way as you not like, but that's because I'm like, man, it just feels nice to not have to work. So I just want to like, enjoy all the things where if it was like every day, I, I don't know. I just wonder what part of it's that.
0: Well, I think the, the thing about it that's interesting for me is like when I don't have work days, I kind of turn them into work days just with like, with uh, rigorous exercise and and like I try to do things but do things for me and not do things for work you know what I mean like I still like the production the pr- uh, productivity of being in motion and like but I it feels so it feels so much harder to really line those things up when you're busy at work than whenever you have like a total free day to yourself it just I I I I I don't know. I think I'm the perfect person for retirement because like (laughs) I I don't like doing things. I don't like doing expensive things at all. Like I have zero. Well, video games, kind of an expensive hobby, but outside of video games, (laughs) I have zero expensive hobbies. I don't like, you know, flashy cars, flashy clothes, jewelry. Like I'm not into any of that stuff. Retirement for me is literally like waking up when I want and then exercising like a maniac and, and finding a good podcast to listen to. Like I, I I really think that for me personally, the benefits I would get from a early retirement would would far outweigh the the negatives that people throw out there of of not, you know, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be productive. You're not gonna have that fire in you. I, I feel like I have way more fire in me on a on an off day than a work day. But
1: hey, listen, touche that works. That's the point. You know yourself. That's good self-awareness that you could recognize that already, right? And that means that even if you do retire early, you'll be able to find ways to fill your time. And so... More reason for everyone watching to support and, and subscribe and watch all this, so we can get the goal of Brandon retiring early. There you go. That's the I'll, new goal here.
0: <laughs> I'll start streaming my off days. Just a camera, just posted up for for twelve hours a day, watching me, yep. watching me, watch uh the the damn Easy Allies podcast or something.
1: They, they they have like all the people love those puppy cams, right? So we're gonna have a branding cam. You know, that sounds inappropriate. That's that sounds like an OnlyFans thing. Never mind. Maybe hey, later. Yeah, but hey. <laughs> If, if maybe later pay. maybe down the line thousand subscribers only
0: fans <laughs> <laughs> only fans kick whoever twitch send me out a contract i'm me I need, I need that early retirement money come on <laughs> hopes cheese
1: hopes cheesecake hopes cheesecake give us a call apparently
0: send out the bucks hopes cheesecake but
1: well speaking of our off days and things we like doing what are the games we're playing we, we looks like we each have a few games and there's even one game that just came out, which we'll get to, that we're both playing and are excited to talk about. So how do we want to kick it off? Do you want to start with something you're playing?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go through real quick. I uh, booted up Gears of War 1 for the first time. I, I've never, well, I played a, like the first level or something with a buddy, and but I, I really had no experience with it. And it was just kind of hard to sit down and really appreciate it when you're playing at co-op and kind of, you know, bantering back and forth and all that. Like, I couldn't really see what made Gears of War tick. And playing through it this time, I absolutely did. The Gears of War is a really, really fun game. And like, oh, that's such a surprising revelation. A game that sold millions of copies and was, <laughs> was critically praised up and down. Yeah, it's a good game. Yep, that that that's my take. It's a it's a good game. But it, it really is. It was really fun, and it was, you know, six, seven hours. I, I did I do gotta say, I got I gotta go ahead and give myself an L here. Or whatever you want to call it, I, I popped it on. Uh, I, I played it on the casual mode because I was intimidated at the at the little home screen. It said uh casual, hardcore, and insane, and I was like, "Damn! If my only other option is hardcore, I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I have the hardcore." I mean, I, to be fair, to to give myself a little credit here, I knew we were gonna play uh, Layers of Fear. <clears throat> on the 15th. I knew that uh, I think it came out on the 15th and I booted gears of war up on the 13th. And so I was like, I don't want to end up having to, you know, make this a 14 hour thing while I'm trying to go through these bosses before layers of fear comes out Because I, I I really wanted to uh, cover that with you, but I don't know. I always had this snooty attitude attitude towards gears of war. (laughs) I had this snooty attitude towards, uh, (laughs) towards gears of war. And, it's totally not like me uh, to, to be like that. I would call it like a, a bro shooter. And then I just totally <laughs> dismissed it in this like snarky manner as if I was like above it. And I, it, it's weird because this is totally my style of game. Evil West mm-hmm. that came out last year is very inspired by gears of war. And that was like my, I think third favorite game of the year. Um, I don't know. It's just, yeah, that was not my personality. I like kind of mainstream sort of junk food, mm. fast and furious esque stuff. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I love a good new metal song. I'll, I'll tune into some <laughs> day. I'll tune into some, some Nickelback. I I, <laughs> I, 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 I like that kind of, uh, you know, whatever mainstream bro like I, I'm, i I'm okay with that stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I loved the the limb dismemberment. I thought it was so cool to have the enemy run up on you and then like in the split second you pull out the magnum, take off their head, take them off from the waist. You got the the legs just left behind, dangling. It was <laughs> it was uh it was just so, so fun to play the little chainsaw gun. You take the chainsaw and rip through the enemy. I thought the story was surprisingly intriguing. Uh, it is very early two thousands broy, but it has solid production, (laughs) great cinematics. um, it, just some cool boss fights, one where you're like dodging this rhino esque creature that's charging towards you and he has to take out the beams and uh, have sunlight come in so you can use this specific weapon to like hone in and take him out. And uh, yeah, I, the only like big complaint I would have for the game is that running was just horrific. Running was yeah. God awful in, in that first Gears of War game. But yeah, the, the horror undertones for some of the sections and having to stay in the light so that those flying bat like creatures uh, wouldn't come down and take you out. And uh, and, and you know, having like diversity with with little tank sections and just a really, really fun game, like a, a really, really fun game. I enjoyed the hell out of the uh, Gears of War one.
1: I mean, it's cool that you go back to play some of the older games. I mean, it's crazy to think now that Gears of War 1 is an older game. You know, it's not maybe not a retro game, but it's considered that. And the Xbox 360 era, as we know, PS3 era was filled with similar types of, yeah, like the whatever you want to call them, the bro shooters, like the very like triple A, you know, box office looking move like action movie games. I have two things I want to Well, one thing I want to ask. Second thing I want to say, the first is what kind of. What made you not want to play the series? Like, is it because you just thought, like, hey, it's another bro shooter? But what made you be like, you know what? Gears of War isn't for me, even though I like, like, what kept you away from it? Because I've played all of them and I, oh, cool. They're not my cup of tea, but I've played all of them, even though they're not my cup of tea. So I'm just curious what kept you from wanting to earlier.
0: It was never like, it was just, uh, so Gears of War came out in 2000, 2005, 2006, I believe, like right around the launch of the 360. Oh, man, and rolled. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so at that time, I would have been 11 if it came out in 2005, 12 if it came out in 2006. And my mom got me a PlayStation 3. And so I just didn't have the console. It was literally, now I would have been all over Gears of War um but i i just didn't have the console so a lot like you know the same thing with uh, ps2 i got a ps2 instead of an original xbox as a kid and instead of a gamecube so i've always kind of been a playstation kid up until i had my own money to and which you know when i did have my own money which would have been uh, the eighth generation with ps4 and xbox one i was just there was really not a great reason to buy an xbox one at the time you know so i I went with a, a playstation 4 and um and then so it wasn't until this generation when Microsoft bought, you know, Bethesda and Obsidian and Ninja Theory and these these developers that I, I really enjoy their games where I was like, OK, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to get this box to to play some of those exclusives. And now I'm kind of getting because I want to go back to I want to play Halo. I've never played the Halo games. I want to I'd like to play <laughs> through the Gears of War games, played Forza Horizon for the first time uh, two years ago and loved it. So, yeah, I'm trying to go back through that stuff.
1: That's cool. It's cool that you're now trying to go back and appreciate because I think that's what Microsoft, and this is a tangent, but I guess it relates to Gears of War is, you know, Microsoft's doing such a good job or at least a pretty decent job with allowing that backwards compatibility, at least with their bigger games, you know? And so the fact that you can go back and play Xbox 360 games, some original Xbox games too, is pretty darn crazy. And, And the fact that they're also like enhanced a little bit or somewhat upscaled or, you know, at least minutely with the frame rate it's funny because you're the whole thing of like what console you had when you were younger, it does dictate, obviously, maybe it's obvious, but it dictates what games you're going to play and avoid until you can get a system yourself. Cause I was on the opposite end of you. My dad bought me, my parents bought me the original Xbox and halo. So like we, I put fond memories of playing through the OG halo with my dad, but then that meant missing out on a ton of like PlayStation games that I really, really wanted to play until I got the money to get one on my own. So it is interesting how like, you become so attached to those properties and that console until you finally are able to get it for yourself, but then you almost maybe kind of like reappreciate that maybe more than you would have at the time, right? Because you know you missed out on it.
0: Totally, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's it's cool going back to something that you are. You can avoid the hype in the moment. And you can kind of look at it with fresh eyes just to see what you really think. I actually saw this on on Twitter. I believe the other day where someone was talking about film, film criticism being uh, not as, I, I don't know, just, just not as, as good as it once was, which, you know, people always do that stuff, but I, I, I'm not a film critic. Like I, I don't really follow a lot of film critics, so I don't really know the state of film criticism, but I, I did see a comment in there where it was like, I feel that people, the, the usually the best criticism or the best sort of coverage Is for older products and like going into it for the first time with fresh eyes, because you're kind of removed from all the, cause, oh, you know, are you in with the, the news that's going on about this? Are you going to talk about like, it kind of can distract you from the actual product that you're supposed to be covering and you're talking about all these other things oh the console wars is gears of war the brochure for xbox it's how's it (laughs) how's it gonna compete with it it's like i I don't care about that i'm playing it in 2023 i don't i don't have the uh perspective from 2006 you know what i mean distracting me from the actual game which the game was was great i don't i don't care about any of that other stuff in, in 2023 you know
1: no, it's a good point. You're right. I think you hit on the nail on the head there. When you're removed from the Zeitgeist, you know, it does it eliminates both the recency bias of a game just being out and everyone's excited. You know, I guess you could take, you know, games like Elden Ring, Tears of the Kingdom, um, you know, as examples of games that clearly people love them and clearly they're good to certain extents for a lot of people, but those are and were the games in the Zeitgeist. So like if people look at it maybe like you're saying, 10 years, 15 years later, will they be as beloved or will people like for example, I don't care for Elden Ring. I don't think it's that good of a game, but that being said, maybe in 10 years I'll play it and be like, wow. Okay. For some reason, trying it now, maybe it gets better. Who knows? Yeah. That's more of a tangent, but uh, it is interesting with the point you say about it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, 100%. I, I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not the, I, I know this is once again, a tangent. I'm just, I'm not the souls guy. I, I can appreciate, you know, both. Of, here's a, Tangent, where we're we're going on some damn tangents today, but I, I really, <laughs> I this is a bummer to me to admit, and I I hate that this is gonna sound so not uh, not naive, so one track minded. So I, I don't really know though the correct terminology that I'm looking for here, but I think if if, right. if if Tears of the Kingdom wasn't on the Switch, it would probably be like my favorite game of the year, and I I hate to be so. Huh honest about that but it, i hate playing the switch so so much and it's not it's not like i'm not a graphics guy i'm not a performer like i you know i want it to to have state-of-the-art graphics and performance and all that but it's not like that's not going to like because I, I love a good indie game like i you know that doesn't run at 60 frames or what whatever the case may be 4k but it's the controls, man. I get so used to the Xbox input and the PlayStation input where X's, you know, X and A are at the same spot, B in circle, triangle and O and Y. You know, so it's like I, I those things are all so baked into my brain where it's like yeah. going and trying to play a game on the switch where the, you know, everything is just kind of realigned slightly. And I, there wasn't as far as I'm aware, there wasn't a way to change that in Tears of the Kingdom. I was just like, I don't I don't. I don't want to do this, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, I've never... It's,
1: that's so interesting. I've never heard that point before. Not just like with Nintendo or the Switch, but just in general. I think we should file that away because that could be a really interesting subtopic for another episode of like, would you enjoy a game better if it was on XYZ platform? We should file that away. If, if anyone is interested in that, let us know in the comments too. That could be a whole fun little segment
0: because yeah. that gets
1: my brain churning because I didn't never thought about that until you just mentioned it but like you i also really don't enjoy playing most games on the switch unless it's like a game i'm playing with my wife like a platform game or something but other than that i'd rather play it elsewhere so i hear you but we'll file that away maybe we'll come back to that as a topic because that's interesting
0: yeah yeah for sure that, that that is a that is an interesting topic well go ahead and hit me with your uh the the game you you want to kick off your list with
1: well, so speaking, I guess, to, to to kind of be like professional sounding, just to, to sound, uh, to keep on our Nintendo theme that we just finished up with. So I've been playing Mario plus Rabid Sparks of Hope uh, with uh, with my wife. So my wife and I play. Uh, she wasn't a gamer. I kind of got her into playing games way back in the day. And now we play like all the first party Nintendo games together. The good ones, not uh, Breath of the Wild or <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and uh No, but we're playing Sparks of Hope. I really enjoyed the first Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. I played that on my own a few years back, and I really liked it. So for those that don't know, the Mario plus Rabbids games are essentially like if you took Nintendo, the Rabbids, and then mashed them with like an XCOM style strategy game. It sounds bizarre. It doesn't seem like it would even work. But the first game was really cool in the way that you had strategy tactical battles, but Nintendo-ified, if that even makes sense. Like they made them user-friendly where just the whole mashup of the rabbits and the Nintendo characters using weapons and battling enemies, but then you're exploring like kind of this overworld and getting secrets. And there's a really funny story and there's like songs. It's it's so bonkers, um, but there was a demo for Sparks of Hope, the second one, and ended up picking that up and bought the game on a sale and we really love it. So we're, we've put in about four or five hours but if you like strategy games or like turn-based games, but want a less punishing one than something like XCOM, uh, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope is it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's really charming. It's a good game to play with a partner who's maybe not into games or isn't as invested in games like we are. So yeah, so that's one that I've just been playing on the side uh, with her. So yeah,
0: yeah, I, I saw that on sale um, recently, and I-, I thought about picking it up. And I was like. There's already 853 things I'm I'm trying to juggle with juggle between playing, but yeah, it does. It looks the the art style is striking. the 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 turn based battles or the you know tactical battles look not, uh, involved, but like you said, kind of simple enough to to get through for a novice player. So yeah, it, it looks damn good.
1: One thing I want to say really quick, and this is not it's kind of a tangent, but not really is is demos. So here's the thing. If there's any developers or publishers listening, which I'm sure there isn't, but if there is, if you're going to have a demo, thank you, but also make sure your save transfers to the full game. I can't tell you how frustrating it is when you play a demo that's seemingly a part of the full game and you get two, three hours in and then you buy the game and you have to start everything over again. With Sparks of Hope, you have to start almost all of it over again. And we put like three hours into the demo. I just, if you're going to do a demo, make sure that... (laughs) i just hate when a demo doesn't allow you to transfer that over if it's like a whole segment of the game not like a little chunk taken out if you know what i mean for sure that's just like a huge pet peeve of mine i the the dark pictures anthology um do a terrible job with this though the the trials that you can try for the game none of it transfers over so you have to start all over anyway and i just that really bums me out it's just a side note pet peeve but i just wish all demos transferred over if it was possible.
0: <laughs> well, i speaking of that, if you want to head straight on into to the next game you you have on your list, Final Fantasy 16, to talk about that demo a little bit since it's oh. kind of in the theme there. Yeah, we can hop into that really quick. So yeah,
1: the the PlayStation is it it's just PlayStation 5, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: For Final Fantasy 16, which comes out at the time of recording this in what like 3 days, the 22nd?
0: Yeah, 32? the 22nd. Yeah.
1: I'm not going to talk much about it. Cause I know you're really excited, but um, I won't say much cause I know you you're, you're not jumping into the demo, correct?
0: No. Yeah. Cause I was just going to, I was going to play it. Like I, I I'm 100% absolutely there day one.
1: Okay. So yeah, I downloaded the final fantasy 16 demo on PlayStation five. This is a perfect example. As Brandon said of a demo giving you the pretty much the whole, like three to five hours of the opening of the game wow. and you can transfer it right over if you opt to buy it. Um, what I, I don't have much to say. I've only put in a couple hours. I expect it to dip out of this immediately. I just I don't have the Final Fantasy love that a lot of people do. So I'm jumping into this as kind of like I've enjoyed the series. I like RPGs, but I don't really care if I like this or not. I'm hooked. Nice. The story I'm not going to say anything, but the story. Oh my gosh, I did not expect the story to be engaging, and it is. There's so many cutscenes. Maybe that's not a surprise to Final Fantasy people, but right. there's so many cutscenes they're so good it's a great story the action combat feels so fluid um i didn't expect to like it and it just feels really cool and really fun and really polished and the fact that the demo transfers over it's like okay they know what they're doing and yeah so that's all i'm gonna say about it but i'm only about a couple hours into the demo but yeah i'm, I'm excited for you to try it and excited for you to hear your feedback when you play the whole thing
0: so uh, how sold are you are you are you like a day one lock on it? Are you going to wait a little bit, or how are you how are you feeling after after playing it? How how what degree are you sold to? <laughs> what
1: degree? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem. Just like you said, there's 853 other games I want to play yeah. still. My backlog of RPGs is massive. I still want to finish the likes of Kingdom Hearts three and things like that. So the thought of jumping into a massive RPG, I just don't think it's possible with all the games I have on my backlog right now. So yeah. for me, it's going to be a, a, probably wait for a sale. Wait for not a sale. that it's not worth the full purchase. I just don't have the time. Yeah. So you're going to be jumping in day one though, right?
0: Oh yeah. 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 We'll, we'll be, we'll be talking about that bad boy for, for sure here on, on the, on the channel. I, I, Man, that, that combat, that's the thing with me. I saw that combat, and I was like, dude, yes, sign me up for this. If Final Fantasy goes in this direction, which I know a lot of people are absolutely not happy about Final Fantasy moving in this direction, but if they choose to go in this direction, I'll be here for all of those entries, all of them. I love some good hacking and slashing Devil May Cry inspired combat. It's probably, I don't know, I mean, I, I can't say my favorite, but character action games are up there, but like, some of my all-time favorites in terms of just a genre that I almost never dislike, love some character action style stuff. And then all the, you know, like you said, the the icon abilities and all of that crazy Kaiju stuff that they're pulling off. It just looks so tailor-made for me. I can't wait to play that bad boy.
1: Awesome, man. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So I'm assuming next week's episode. Pending anything that happens, you'll be talking about what your experience is so far, right? Spoiler. Uh, let's see.
0: That? Let's let's go to the calendar here. Twenty second is like this Thursday or Friday. I Thursday. Think, right? Yep. So we would record so on maybe. the twenty fifth. Yeah. I mean, I, I should. I don't know how how in depth my thoughts will be on it next week, but definitely I should have played a little bit of it next week when we when we come in to record. So absolutely, man.
1: All right. Well, there we are. So why don't we? Uh, I would say we'll should we we'll save our. Save our uh our, our one we're both playing. You already spoiled it, thanks a lot. Uh layers oh. of fear. No, no. All right. Why don't you go into what you've been playing next? We'll save that
0: for last so we can
1: both talk about it. What's uh, what else you've been playing?
0: So I jumped into Resident Evil Revelations, one and two. I actually scrolling through those damn sales on the Microsoft store. I, I saw it there for like seven dollars. And I, I have a copy of it. Uh yeah. Got a got a copy of it on the on the PlayStation Four, but <laughs> I I just I, I was it was the, once again the convenience of it. I was like, yeah, I'm just sitting here. I might as well pick this up. It's a quick download. I'll jump into it, and I I I, I didn't really have any intentions on finishing it, but I'm three hours in at this point. I I think it, as far as I remember, it's a fairly short game. It's been a while since I played it, but I, I don't remember it being much longer than like eight hours. Um, and I I think I'm about somewhere around that halfway mark and so i think i'm, I'm just gonna go through it. It, it this game holds up surprisingly well for a game that released in 2011 2012 um i think it came out the year after resident evil 5 or two years after resident evil 5 but i'm and not mistaken it only come out on the originally only came out on the
1: ds nintendo ds or something correct uh, I, or maybe i'm completely wrong i thought it only came out on a handheld first I maybe i'm wrong on that
0: I no, I think it came out. If I'm not mistaken, it came out on the DS, PS3, and 360. Okay. If I'm not, I, I, I really don't know. It might have, it might have been a staggered release where it came out on okay. the DS first, and then uh, PS3, and then all that at a later date. But yeah, um, it because the the crazy thing about this is this would be the first Resident Evil game with the third person over the shoulder perspective that allowed you to move while aiming. And that's such a, like like, RE6 would have been the first one in the main series, like in the numbered series, but this was the first game to introduce that. And that's a huge game changer, especially when I think RE5 came out in 2009 and this came out in like, so this was a couple years after RE5, but it was even at the time when RE5 came out and you weren't able to move and shoot after seeing, you know, uh, uh, dead space and gears of war and these other games that that feature was a little becoming more common it was like it it was weird that it wasn't an option in resident evil 5 and i guess it could have been some sort of immersion tension building thing that they were wanting to do by keeping you keeping you stagnant keeping you grounded and having to kind of face the the enemies oncoming but i don't know i i love addition of moving and shooting here i i I actually really like the addition of the little dodge mechanic that they have in in revelations it's simple but it's uh i actually let me let me take that back it's very very uh can be very very clunky but once you kind of little you figure (laughs) you figure the workaround out where you just rotate the you rotate the uh the, the analog stick while holding a it becomes really simple you can kind of avoid most uh, most enemies other than like the, the big boss enemies. So you can kind of cheese your way through it, but I, I, I don't mind that, especially going back to it and playing it in, in 2023. I, you know, having, if, if I'm, I try not to overuse it, but if I'm in a situation where I'm just bombarded by these these, you know, creatures coming at me, I'll, I'll spam that little, I'll spam a little dodge stick and get out the way. But it's <laughs> a, it, it's a really, the, the, People were kind of split on the episodic nature of these revelations games where Mm -hmm. it's told in chapter increments. And I love that because it's constantly giving you something fresh, a new perspective, new characters, a new setting. And I I like variety. I I, I know people (laughs) love, you know, just going through the Spencer mansion, going through the, the raccoon city police department. I do too. But for me personally, having that variety and kind of like constantly giving you some new toy to mess around with. So rather it be a setting or a character, whatever. I really, really dig that. And also it's a main resident evil story. You know what I mean? Like this is, you're talking about Jill and Chris who are, you know, I mean, they've been there from literally the first game and this is furthering their backstory, a main kind of main canon lore. And then adding on new characters with Parker, who is a, with Jill and then Jessica who's with Chris and then there's interesting character dynamics there that are created and kind of uh Chris and Jessica's uh it's not a will they won't they it's Jessica kind of having a slight <laughs> obsession with Chris and Chris wanting to to go and save Jill and Jessica kind of being uh, put off by that at times it's just a funny there's there's a little <laughs> bit of of levity a, a nice uh, dynamic that's going on there like at one time uh, chris is being bombarded by these wolves that are attacking him and you're you're literally just blasting wolves all over the place it, it just I mean, so close to the damn uh, edge of death. And and as soon as you get freed, as soon as you get saved, Jessica goes right back to talking about your relationship with Jill. And it's just it's so <laughs> campy and silly. And but also you have the moments of more like tent survival horror where when you're playing Jill and, and Parker's segment, well, specifically when you're, you're playing as Jill, um, that. Is very much a traditional survival horror game with the the ship setting. You're on this like cruise ship of sorts. It's humongous, expansive. Tons of uh backtracking that can be done there, but not not over. <laughs> not overdone with the backtracking like it it kind of guides you in the right direction but there are you know little loops you can make okay i'm gonna go and grab that shotgun i'm gonna go and uh grab this customization parts for my weapons which is another cool thing as well you can customize your weapons have little different bonuses that you add on from little things you find out in the world and yeah i i really really i i enjoyed the hell out of this game when i played it but i i enjoy it um i i enjoy it Still to this day, I think it still holds up really, really well.
1: I mean, that was a good, that was a good synopsis of of that experience from, especially because most people now that the RE4 remakes out are going to, you know, keep that up there as the highest echelon. Understandably, how does this fit into your, I don't even know if you have a, a tier list of RE games. I know your favorite one, obviously, but where does this kind of replace anything? Does it slot in anywhere for you of like, okay, this is actually better than or worse than. Now that you because you sound like you've a lot of passion for it, at least based on you just having played it this week. Okay. Where does it fit in if it if it does?
0: Let's see top s tier is four, two, four remake. ooh, I, I would say that this is high on the B tier, no. I would say high on the B tier. Closing in on that A tier. I I think A tier for me is like Code Veronica RE3 from 99. It's close to that, though. It it I don't know, man. It might be a (laughs) it's it's not S tier, it's not two uh four four remake. It's not in the camp with those, but it it's just one below that, maybe in the camp no cuz i would put re2 <laughs> i would put re2 remake in the a tier it, it would be it would be top of the b tier top of
1: the b tier i've opened up a whole new segment in the show for you now you're like crap now i have to do a half an hour of ranking every <laughs> game right now
0: <laughs> rapid rankings yeah no it, it would be top of the b tier closing in on the a tier for me though but yeah it's it's really really fun. it's uh, like the only thing that's slightly dated and it it makes you appreciate the remake so much more is that you're led into this animation when you're walking through doors. So you can literally, (laughs) like you have to take two steps when you walk into the door without being able to control your character. So you can just be led straight in to an enemy. And it's like, you can't really... you can't have any sort of plan of attack with a lot of the <laughs> the, the the doors. You're just kind of led right into it and you have to figure it out from that point forward. I love the literally, you know, everything in real time, opening the door in Resident Evil 2 and kind of, you know, being able to to bob and weave a little bit, picking off an mm-hmm. enemy like that, that. That's definitely one of the areas here where you're going to feel the age the most. But other than that and a couple little things, it, it's it holds up really well.
1: You you made me want to jump back into it because I have it on Xbox. I've I've jumped into that game two or three times. I'm not as I love Resident Evil. I'm not as much of a fan as you are. I'm more Silent Hill. But I've played Revelations probably started it over two or three times and really liked the feel of it. For whatever reason, it just didn't click. That being said, I played Revelations two before I ever even played Revelations one, and I adored Revelations two. I think I played through that in like two or three days, just over all the episodes. And that game was absolutely phenomenal with the scares and the story again i'm not i'm not and everyone should probably know that watches this i'm not as good at brandon of like remembering characters and lore and like i just forget all that stuff but um revelations 2 for me was such a phenomenal game but i never felt as connected to the first one so did you play or have you played revelations 2
0: i what? love revelations 2 is hands down Uh, I I, the survival horror like the real survival horror feel especially with the prison section and all that revelations 2 is tremendous man I I, that's I I prefer that one still I once again I need to go back and replay that one I don't think I'm going to do it right now because of like you said Final Fantasy 16 and all that on the on the horizon but I love 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 Revelations 2 so yeah it's I, I think that Obviously Revelations 2 being uh 2015, 20, 20. It came out mm-hmm. after after Revelations one, obviously. Really? would it ever get? I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but good. but the fact sort of. the fact that it's uh I believe it was developed for uh eighth generation systems, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was developed yeah. for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One when it was released. So it wasn't like it with revelations it it's you're playing a ps3 game on your ps4 essentially you know what i mean with revelations 2 you're you're playing a playstation 4 game on your playstation 4 so it's like you you feel absolutely the improvements like you you definitely feel the improvements across the board from a graphical perspective from a gameplay perspective so yeah revelations 2 is fantastic
1: that game needs to be in the discourse more of re talk i just never i don't even though everyone I talk to that has played it loves it, I don't hear really people talk about it in the greater RE discourse, which is so bizarre because it's such a phenomenal spin-off that still relates back to a lot of the main, at least from what I know, of the main storylines.
0: Well, absolutely, so. yeah, yeah, Claire and and, uh, and Barry and yeah, absolutely, there's real ties to the main story with Resident Evil uh, Revelations two and one, and and the thing that's really Once again, to Resident Evil Revelations 1, to, to its credit... Once again, if you look at what was taking place, RE5 over the top action, RE6 over the top action, Revelation slotted in between the two, and I think the fanfare and the the praise from the people, you know, the hardcore Resident Evil fans who really got behind Revelations one because it felt like a little bit more of a return to form, especially with um, the the Jill section, and you know, Chris still had his over the top action, the two new characters, <laughs> but the the it, it felt a little bit more. It felt more traditional. And you could kind of start to see the wheels turning from that point. Then you go on into Revelations 2 and then finally with RE7. But weird thing is I feel like Revelations 2 and 1 are almost more of like main canon Resident Evil games than <laughs> RE7 and RE8. RE7, like there's there's ties to the main lore uh, towards the end. But in RE8, there's definitely ties to the main lore. But Revelations 1 and 2 are like straight up main canon Resident Evil games. So, yeah, I yeah. definitely recommend playing it for anybody who's looking to go through. If you're looking to go through like the full main series, the numbered entries, definitely slot in uh revelations one and two and code veronica without a doubt
1: agreed agreed nice that's awesome i yeah well i'm excited i'll have to jump back into the first one now that you've talked about it you got me excited about it it's damn good so uh, the really quick before we talk about uh what our main ones we both played i'll just gloss over this i've also just been diving in back into the alan wake uh alan wake remastered so i played the original alan wake on the 360 years ago when it first came out i adored that game i know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of it for a lot of reasons because it's like not quite survival horror but it's like kind of action but not that scary blah 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 i absolutely adore the first game um but that was because i had a 360 only at the time so it was like my option to play for a good survival horror game on 360 one of the good ones obviously there's plenty more um anyway i've played it like two or three times since i just adore that game but Obviously, we all know, or most of us know, Alan Wake 2 is coming in October. That's the game currently I'm most excited for for the rest of this year. So this last week, I just wanted to get that vibe, that kind of like Twin Peaks B horror camp, like Bright Falls Northwest United States feel. So I just kind of dove back into Alan Wake uh, remastered for a couple hours. And I got to say, the world building and the characters and even the whole light and sh- like light and darkness where you have to shine the flashlight and burn off the darkness. I know people think that's so dumb. I really like that because I love that kick of when the light kind of explodes off the, um what do they call it? The taken or whatever. And then you have to take them down and shoot them. But it, just exploring that world and the whole twin peaks vibe is I, I love it. I love that feeling. So I'm not planning to like finish it again. I'm just more diving back in here and there to get that Alan Wake vibe prior to Alan Wake too. So just, yeah, just been diving into that. You like, do you, I can't remember if you like Alan Wake or not. I couldn't remember if you've, if you were a fan of it or not, or even if you've played it or not, I couldn't remember.
0: So I played through about three fourths of the game, half the game, something like that, whenever it got remastered. Cause I, once again, didn't have a 360. Um, I like it. I love the story, man. The story was amazing. I thought like they did a really good job with jump scares, which is something that, you know, a lot of people shit on jump scares. I, I don't really mind a good jump scare from time to time. And and I think Alan Wake did it in a nice subtle way that it didn't feel like too intrusive, but like you could see something pop out the corner of your eye. It's like, oh wow. You know, that kind of jarring feeling that you got from Alan Wake. Um i i I just didn't love the combat that was the only thing with me i just didn't love the combat so leaning in i i really hope they move a little bit away from the the flashlight thing and you know having to to you know shine the light and then pick them up. like i really hope it kind of gets more straight up third person shootery with like the resident evil vibes i did see a little bit of of the the uh, flashlight coming into play in that that uh gameplay trailer that they put out but yeah i i i like it i didn't like it enough to finish it and it was just down to the combat the story the presentation all that i really loved
1: interesting okay so there you go so it's funny how like i really enjoyed the combat part you didn't but there was the cohesion of the story we still like so there you go yeah that was just a quick one but
0: and we'll we'll be talking more about alan wake Two at the uh the close the the closing topic the final topic that the that the good people voted on will uh, alan wake Two is definitely the inspiration for for that conversation so it's uh yeah, a lot to a lot to dive into there with with uh, that final discussion. But we I'll are let you, I'll let you
1: kick off um I'll let you kick off the next one because I think we're kind of wanted to do this a little differently for everybody with the next game that we both tangentially have been playing a new release, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, layers of fear the the 2023 reimagining, would you call it? Yeah, I think that's a good that seems like a good word. Okay. I think so, they may have used that, but it's a good word. <laughs> so I uh, Just to lay the groundwork, I'd never played Layers of Fear 1, never played Layers of Fear 2, and so I was going into this fresh, I have to be honest, Jeffrey, I am not the biggest fan of these kind of walking sim-ish horror titles. Having said that, I really, really enjoyed uh, this game. I, I I played through it in like two days. I was really hooked by this game and just the weird setup of the narrative of kind of my, my favorite thing about this game is it almost feels like a choose your own adventure, but just in your, in your movement, like do I go down this hallway or that hallway? I have to make that decision because I know that the door behind me will probably be locked. And then that's going to open up into a new, a new world. And then it's like almost, such a silly comparison but almost ratchet and Clank rift apart esque hmm. where you're constantly swapping in between these worlds instantaneously it's very impressive from a from a technical perspective what what is going on here with um with layers of fear I I it's a tale of two halves for me the first half of the game I really 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 enjoyed the the uh, do we want to get into t- Uh, well we'll, i'll just say that the first half of the game i really enjoyed let's avoid spoilers but we can i mean we can say because it's still broken up
1: into segments that's not a spoiler because it's basically real quick i won't ruin your tangent or not your tangent i won't ruin what you're saying but basically for those that don't know this reimagining of layers of fear because i'm someone that played all the previous ones and and like a lot of it where that's what's cool about our perspective this reimagining is essentially layers of fear one and all of its dlc Layers of Fear 2 and all of its DLC, but there's an overarching story that grasps onto it that links everything together and then intersperses a bunch of new stuff to flesh it out into one full game. So that's all I wanted to say because I think we have that unique perspective of you never playing it and me playing it and now playing this one together. So sorry, go ahead.
0: No, that, that was pretty much it. I was just saying it's a tale of two halves. The The first half of the game, I really, really enjoyed. The back half of it, I I started to come around on it the more I played it, but it felt wildly inferior in in my opinion. It felt like even from a technical perspective, what was going on with the world and even the visuals, um, even, even down to like the controls felt just slightly clunkier in the, in the back half of that game. It was a little bit, a, a little bit bizarre how, how drastic of a, of a decline it was. But the first half of the game was Excellent, absolutely excellent. I, I loved the first half of the game.
1: What What's interesting about you? It's It's cool hearing you talk about it because it's very much reminiscent of when Layers of Fear the original came out, and then Layers of Fear Two. Because Layers of Fear One, when it originally came out, was just that a walking sim. Horror game. I I personally adore that because I like that feeling of just walking through like a haunted house and sometimes I just want to turn my brain off and explore. But Layers of Fear 2, you can tell the developer, so it's Bloober Team, for those that don't know, Bloober Team, who's obviously made a lot of horror games, the upcoming Sound Hill 2 remaster, but um, the Layers of Fear 2 almost took the approach of something like Outlast in the sense that they kind of removed some of the walking sim and made it where you're really just like, you have to run away from enemies a lot. It's a little bit more corridored and like linear. They they took away a lot of what made the first one unique to try to almost make it more quote unquote mainstream of a horror game. But by nature of what you're saying, it almost made it more antiquated where the first one really leaned into like, you turn around, the room's different. You look up; the room's different. Just like you're saying, that is, as someone that played the first to seeing this new one, where I think they redid it in Unreal Engine Five, yeah. I believe. Holy crap! As someone that played the first to this one, seeing these new worlds just quickly like swap. I, I don't know how that wizardry is done, and they deserve to be so praised for that because it's truly incredible. Um, yeah. So where did so where did you feel like when you swapped to like the second part? Then like which is technically. Layers of fear, 2 or the right, you know, the other story, the actor. Yeah, Where the did actor. you feel like it, it for you was like, no, this isn't it? Immediately,
0: like immediately, immediately. It, it was because the close, and once again, no spoilers, but mm-hmm. the closing bits of, um, uh, you know, the the that first that first story, um, the 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 artist, the painter, that that was crazy on a technical level, seeing these. Like looking up and almost seeing this endless, uh, endless rays above you in the the kind of library section where you're kind of platforming around, and like it was just mind-boggling how the the scale, the epic scale that you felt with with that um, it towards the end of of that first story, and then it got very like you said more limited with uh, tighter corridors and not as much quick swapping to these new uh the, the these new locations on the fly was a little bit more felt like you said more traditional a little bit of backtracking going on a little bit more of of a little bit more explorability in the the ship mm-hmm. setting but it wasn't it just didn't have that kind of technical wow factor that the, the, the first part of the game had. And I, I noticed that instantly, even from like just very, very small details. It, it was, it was weird. It was kind of jarring. Hmm. So to be fully
1: transparent, you know, I know. So you've, you obviously finished the game that anyone we're talking about, right?
0: I finished everything except and- the, uh, the, the two little, uh, there's like two little DLC add-ons.
1: Okay. So yeah, just for full transparency, for anyone wondering, I don't want to, you know, have any like, you know, not being upfront, you finished it all. I've only currently at the time recording this played through the first half, which is like technically the layers of one, fear one, the painter story, which, you know, with all of like the, lighthouse in between like story that kind of glues it all together without spoilers of course so i haven't even jumped i've just now my save is just starting the ship section so it's curious to hear what you say because i'll be interested to see if i feel that same way as you did so i right. just want to be fully transparent of 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 kind of where we're both at with that having the perspective of one that's played it one who hasn't you finished it. Now I'm working on finishing it. So just so people know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing I will, there's one section in, in uh, not to spoil anything, but it's this black okay. and white section in, in part two, the actor story and how they use like little splashes of color. in that was, was uh, very, very impressive on that front. But I, I want to kick it to you, man. What, what did you, the, the first half of that game, what are your kind of overall takeaways from it? Cause I, I, I loved like really and and I'm not in to these style of games at all, but how how immediate the how immediate it delivered new things to you. It just, it it like kept my lizard brain going where I was like, I I can't quit doing this. Like you're constantly giving me something new to look at something new to digest from a story perspective. Like I was just, I was wowed by this game, the first part on a technical level. So, so what did you think about it?
1: Yeah, I no you you hit that right. The way it just keeps you and you like variety. The way it keeps variety going, not necessarily in terms of like you're doing new gameplay things, but there's variety in terms of you're con- literally constantly seeing a new version of a room or a hallway or a, a whatever, right? And so this isn't a spoiler. This is just part of the story. So essentially, this first part is called the painter, and you just you you play literally as that a painter who unfortunately has had some family downfall we'll just call it and it's him painting his magnum opus i'm not going to say any more than that but it delves into very very deep psychological horror um very touchy themes at times and it's very a challenging story but here's what i'll say the first layers of fear from years and years ago this may be like a hot take is one of my favorite horror games period i i but again i like that walking sim style i love going to haunted houses like you know haunted attractions. so for me layers of fear feels like a gamified haunted attraction I can get why you wouldn't like that because there's not as much gameplay. It's literally walking, um, but what they did with this 2000 2020, 2023 reimagining is they completely reshaped it. It's so different than the first game where I kept expecting to see the same things that I remembered, and it constantly changed it. Whether that was the environment or a little puzzle or how you interact with the stage or when the door shifts or whatever, they completely reimagined it to where if you thought you knew something from the previous one, they changed that on you. I'm going to do one spoiler. This is a jump scare spoiler. I'm I'm just okay. going to I'm going to say it now because so if you want if you don't want a scare spoiler, click off, come back in a couple minutes. Did you get scared by when you turn around and by the book monster? Where you turn around and there all the books just go
0: I, Do you even remember that? I <laughs> don't really re- the 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 moment that spooked me the most from the game was you know, honestly, I, I I got the the first the first encounter with an an enemy threat. We'll just say that was the first time I got really spooked by the game because I didn't think that that was in the game at all. I didn't it think there. Oh, okay. It wasn't in the first one. Okay, okay, yeah. That was the first time I was like, oh my god, okay. I did not see that coming, and then the 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 you know voice and the kind of the, the, how they played with the audio there, that kind of spooked me out a little bit, but that, that would, I really wasn't scared at all by the game. I was just, it was constantly just uh impressive to me, but dive a little bit more into, into that, that library monster. What what, what got you with that? The, The only reason I bring that up
1: is because a lot of channels that have done like let's plays or live streams of layers of fear. There's this moment where again, it's a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear it, click off for a minute there's a there's in the original game there's this room that you walk into like this kind of creepy library kind of gothic room and you walk up to like this painting on the wall there's like a hand that kind of like looks like it's coming out of the painting and so you're immersed in this moment of seeing this hand like moving out of the painting and then when you turn around just like you turn around in any game all of a sudden there's this pile of books that like looks like it's like a creature then all of a sudden just goes And it doesn't sound scary, but in the moment, you're so connected by, and this is the first game, you're so connected by what's happening in this painting, you won't even think that there's going to be something behind you. I was so ready for that moment in this new game. It happened at a completely different time and gave me the jump scare all over again. So that's where I wanted to tie it back into the point of they they take what you expected, but then swapped it to a new area or reimagined it completely, which to me was revolutionary because they could have just kept it in the same spot. But you don't even remember that, it sounds like <laughs> so I don't I don't even remember
0: that taking place. That is so that's so bizarre. I like I don't remember that section at all. And okay, I, I loved the 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 library so that, that was like my favorite point from the uh from the painter's story. I I I loved that entire section. I it's it's weird to me too that it feels almost once again like I, I'm sure this is a main section that everybody has and it just isn't clicking with my brain, but it, it almost feels that you can experience different things in layers of fear that, that like maybe someone else wouldn't experience, because like I said, you know, you're going down these corridors and every door you enter almost makes it feel like a decision that you're making. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm going to go down this path. And, and I don't know, it, it could be once again, the illusion of choice, but I, I, if you're doing it this well to where I feel like, okay, now I'm not able to go back to this door. And like, I, I enjoy that sense of of choice and that sense of like, what am I missing on this other end, which it could be nothing. And once again, that's the great thing about uh, playing with choice and playing with the illusion of choice in a horror game like this. I, I, just, I think they did that really well by making it feel like you had a little bit of agency from where you go and, and what you see. It kind of felt like your own story. And I know they have multiple endings, if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, there are multiple endings. I'm glad that you mentioned the the player agency because the changes for anyone wondering who also played the first, to your point, the changes that are overarching, and these aren't well, actually, well, you already mentioned doesn't matter now. So the changes, uh, yeah, the first game didn't have that many choices. It was very much linear. That was a surprise. So again, I, this shouldn't really be a spoiler because they've kind of shown it in trailers, but the fact that there's now an entity That's all I'll say that wasn't in the first game. You know how you get the lantern now? Yeah. Also wasn't in the first game. So they, they kind of gamified it more, which to me actually felt more like a hindrance. I wish they didn't add the entity. I wish they didn't add the lantern. For me, it just took away some of the more raw walking through this haunted house experience. However, I can see how it makes it a little bit more of a game, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) So I guess it, there, it does add some, but then it sounds like in this chapter, two or whatever the actor story on the ship it sounds like everything just becomes really generic or like just kind of like lackluster from what you've said right
0: for the most part i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that it's just it's it's once again i have to be very very clear i loved that first half so the fact that it was a a few steps back for me it didn't mean i hated the second half or thought it was you know just not up to it was just like not on par with the first part of the game that 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 painter story was absolutely excellent in my opinion and it was just a it wasn't quite as good as as the first part i I, to to go back for a second for what you were talking on before about the adding the entity see once again the the kind of differences there is that was like my favorite part of the game i loved having that voice in my head And running around and trying to find, you know, the little cogs to to turn the wheel. And and, uh, this entity is charging at me and I never know where they're coming from. And I'm having to keep my, you know, keep my lantern prepared at all times. And just the the looping nature of sort of the the environments that they created where you're having to run from this character. I, I really, really enjoyed how that was set up. Not to spoil anything for you, I did not like how they did it in the the part two. You use a flashlight, and I think the mechanic is really cool with the flashlight that you use. And I won't go too much into that, but the how they use the mechanic with the flashlight ends up kind of playing out as like a film reel. And you 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 have these interactions with mannequins, and that is really cool to see that play out. And it's once again, you're you're changing, you're shifting the world on the fly. But it just wasn't nearly the threat. wasn't nearly as intimate. wasn't nearly as scary as the threat in, in the 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 painter story. Also, okay. weird weird uh, uh, tie here. I, I know this came out way before the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing, but I was constantly thinking about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing while playing through the painter story because there's so much of that mm. kind of that that crazy, you know can I say the thing about a finger cutting off a finger and, and you You already said it now, so sure. And and, and, and drawing on walls with your blood and stuff. It's like, okay. Okay. Which once again, this came out before that. And I'm sure all of these tortured artists have these ridiculous, stupid relationships where it's just an absolute hellscape to, to deal with. But, uh, (laughs) but it it felt very, if, I was like, Oh my God, is are they pulling from this? But once again, it, it came out before that trial, but I, my brain constantly kept going back. It's like, well, am I going to find a damn turd in the bed here? What what, <laughs> what, what, what we got going on? <laughs> but but I think that's a, that's a great point though. Cause it just points to the variety
1: in the game and how they clearly know how to constantly pride, provide psychological scares and provide that variety that you like, where you really just don't know what you're going to get no. more so in the first section, but I have a question for you, and this is, this isn't, it's kind of a tangent, but kind of not because of the development team, Bloober Team. How do you, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. So the upcoming Silent Hill 2 remake, which we don't know really too much about. So Bloober Team is the one doing this. How do you feel, at least having played this layers of fear reimagining, does this give you more hope that like, wow, they know how to create a creepy world? Does it give you less hope? I'm just curious from your perspective, how does that make you feel about them handling the upcoming Silent Hill 2 remake? That's maybe a little bit too tangential for us, kind of like reviewing this game. But no,
0: yeah, no, it's uh, that's I'm just that's curious a, of your thought. That's a totally that segment totally ties in. It's uh, hmm, okay. Once again, there is next to no gameplay here, and <laughs> and and uh, you know, which I I one totally vibed with in that in that first part of the game. I was it was a okay with me, but Silent Hill. I, I don't know how bloober is going to handle gunplay and the third person movement. Like these are things with like the medium was a third person perspective, but once again, no, no gameplay really going on there. No, especially no combat. Um, And I, yeah, I should say no combat, not no gameplay. There's gameplay, but there it, no combat. I haven't seen bloober execute combat at all. And that's still the main question mark for me. If they can nail that, th- I have no worries about Bloober executing on the atmosphere with Silent Hill. I, uh, Not to be disrespectful here, but Bloober has developed games that I think are just as atmospheric as any of the Silent Hill games. They are excellent. Excellent with that. They, you, I, in my opinion, the first part of, of Layers of Fear 1, of, of what we played, that, that's about as good of, of atmospheric horror as I've ever seen in my life.
1: I mean, that's cool to hear you say that. Cause I didn't, I honestly didn't going into this day. I didn't know how, I really just didn't know how you feel about it. So that's cool to hear that. I agree with you completely though. I think that they nail atmosphere perfectly. And as we know, silent, Hill. we won't keep going on the silent hill thing much longer, but um, silent hill is so much about atmosphere. So yeah. that if they can at least bring that side of it, it was just cool to hear your perspective of, of, of their atmosphere. I want to ask one last quick thing about the story real quick, if you don't mind, So the overarching story of this lighthouse, there's this like, there's this woman who's trying to write again, try not to keep it spoilers. Who's trying to write a story. It's like a mother and son thing on a phone call. They're figuring out things. She's at this lighthouse. It's very vague, but it kind of ties all the stories together. Like she's the overarching omniscient one, if you will. Did you like these connecting dots of this lighthouse story and this woman who's writing the overarching part? Did that feel like it connected things for you? Did it feel like it wasn't necessary? I'm just kind of, cause that's not obviously in the first games. So I'm just curious oh, okay. how that felt to you, this overarching well, narrative.
0: So what I'll say is like that theme continues throughout part two and, and throughout the actor story. And I, I really, really started to appreciate it later on. I really wasn't sure what was going on at first, but then I, I completely, well, I shouldn't say completely got it. Cause I think a lot of it's up to your own uh, interpretation of the story. Like they, they, if I had any complaints with the story at all is, and once again, this c- comes from my dude, bro, fast and furious uh, appreciation <laughs> of, the, of the arts, but there, there, it's a very, very vague story. And, and the revelations are all in your mind of, 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 you know, as the player kind of figuring out painting your own story, which, you know, obviously ties together with all the artistic themes that we, that we're exploring here. And it, but if, if, my only thing with the story is I kind of wish that they could give you a little bit more of a bow at the end to, to wrap things up. It, it But once again, I, I do appreciate the fact that you're interpreting the story how you wish, especially with that, that first part, the first, the, the second was a little bit more wrapped up and felt more conclusive to me. But the first part, it, it is very much your own interpretation. And from the writer's perspective, um, Really, I also really, really impressed with that conclusion as well. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed having that connective thread and the the sort of muse and the the whole, you know, just just in this this uh, lighthouse that that is feels constantly like decaying and corrupted, and and using that as your energy source to to, to allow you to write. Like, yeah, it, it felt like its own element of horror that that was detached but connected to the the two bigger plots okay
1: that's cool to hear that i like i like to hear that your perspective on it as someone that's new i guess to kind of and let me know if, if there's any other questions i guess to kind of reviewify this is we're trying to at least provide an overall context is this a game this 2023 or reimagining is this a game that you would you would personally recommend to people based either if they're horror fans just game fans like would you recommend people spend money on it do you think it's a game that is going to provide like what's your overall recommendation if you had to have one for this game?
0: Yeah, it, it, it's only thirty bucks. It's twenty nine ninety nine if I'm not mistaken, right? And I should have
1: mentioned this to you before. If you own the first two games, it's less. It's it was for me it was twenty bucks on Xbox.
0: Oh wow! wow because that's... I own the
1: first two games, that was a huge surprise. It was like twenty dollars ninety nine cents. So just FYI.
0: Yeah, that that's, uh, I I mean, $20, absolutely pick this thing. I would say $30, even the first half alone. Let me be clear. These are, this is a meaty game. This is, this got some, this got some meat on its bones, man. There We're talking about the, the first part of the game is probably four or five hours. And then the next part's probably, you know, four or five hours or so. Like it's, you're, you're talking about an eight to 10 hour game here. And you get the the DLC added on with the the inheritance story and uh, something else, which I haven't played those yet. But mm-hmm. the the main chunks of the game you're talking about an eight ish hour adventure for thirty bucks. So the the only like there were a few little nitpicks I had. I I thought that the Whenever, like, you would pick up a note and it would totally cut off the the speaker, the the kind of, uh, you know, inner monologue or whatever was going on, any sort of speaking that was going on, you would pick up a note and it would start reading from the note, which I do like. I like that the notes are all narrated in the first part of the game, which is not so much in the second part, which is weird. But the, yeah, the, it is. Yeah, the 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 notes are all narrated, so you can you really just you know if you don't want to read anything, you really don't have to read much of anything, which you know is is uh, wonderful. But it the 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 unfortunate thing there is, it'll cut off like if some big moments being presented to you in the story, and you pick up a note, it'll cut off the 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 speaker for the main part of the story and start reading the note, and then for me, it wouldn't go back to to speaking in the the main narrative and. Also, a lot of the, the, in terms of the dialogue in general, it felt jumpy. Like it felt like the, the speaker mm-hmm. would, and it didn't feel like it had like natural pauses, which, okay. it, you know, it's not huge complaints, but those would be kind of my only two complaints along with the second part, not being quite up to uh, on par with the the first part of the game. In my opinion. Okay.
1: No, that's good. I mean, those are the things I think people want to also know if they're going to be spending their money on a quick side thing. Cause I know some people are interested in this. The first layers of fear. I keep going back to it because again it's still the first game and the second one reimagined it's not completely new. The first game at least on Xbox just didn't have good performance. The frame rate was abysmal like it oh, was wow. it was constantly all over the place until they eventually fixed it. For anyone wondering this new version, at least in my experience you can tell me otherwise on Series X flawless i didn't expect encounter any the only issue actually i lied the only issue i did encounter was there's like this section where you have to pick up telephones uh and then you have to like put in numbers on a rotary phone that's a couple times did that happen for you where like it didn't always yeah like like spin right or you had to reset it or something
0: yeah yeah you you would type in the number correctly and it would either like you wouldn't it wouldn't pull far enough when you're holding down our our right trigger or whatever yeah that happened to me as well
1: but, but above and beyond that, the game feels great. And there is a quality mode and a performance mode. Some people like to know that in the options menu. If you want to choose with even the best visuals, you can do a 30 FPS mode. Um, and then you can also do the performance mode, which is how I played 60 FPS. So just know a lot of people do care, especially when it's a first person game. Uh, yeah. The frame rate, at least on Series X, is that where you played it?
0: Yep, played it on Series is, X.
1: Is flawless. Yeah. So just... That's at least a good thing to keep in mind. I would I would recommend this game again. Full transparency, I've only played the first half of this one, so I can't take that with a grain of salt, if you will. Then, since I haven't played the back half yet, but as someone that played the original ones, even with just the painter story alone, yes, yes, just fully yes, I would recommend this if you're a horror fan. So,
0: well, okay, so let me let me uh, let me ask you this: If you okay, uh, I I think that that painter story. That to me feels like a full game. You know what I mean. So from the perspective of just that that first story, it, you know, we're just being silly here. This isn't something we're taking to Metacritic. But if you had to to jot it down one to ten, what would you what would you say that first story would land at on a on a one to ten rating for you?
1: Oh yeah, I mean for me that's easily a nine or a nine point five out of ten.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's
1: a it's just the atmosphere, the scares you know, I mean, that's subjective, but the atmosphere, the scares, the story, the way it just pulls you into it hour by hour and and there's separate chapters. You can go back and explore like just the way they weave it all together for me is a near perfect is a near perfect experience, even with a couple of those little like phone bugs and things. Um, So I would give it close to a 10 if it was, if it was me, I know that's high, but that's, I love it. So what about you? How would you give the first one and how would you give the whole package and then having played it?
0: Right, that's that's a very important distinction. There. The, <laughs> the The first part, I agree. To me, that's like a legitimate, you know, eight point five nine ish out of ten. Like it, it's up there. That that is some of the best. Like I said, best atmospheric horror that I've ever experienced. Some of the best psychological horror that I've ever experienced, and probably. To this point, the most technically impressive horror game that I've ever played, like very, very high praise across the board. Obviously, you know, I'm not talking technical performance and you're, you're running and jumping and ducking and dodging and, and doing all this at 60. It's not that. It's just from an from an artistic standpoint, the way that they're swapping, weeding in and out of these different worlds, and all of them having their own unique artistic integrity intact. Like it's so impressive on that front. So that's a eight point five nine on the first half for me. The second is seven six point five seven to to me six point five to seven point five. I would no six point five to seven to me. Yeah, it, it's okay. it's a it's a big 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 drop, but it's still not bad. So I think it rounds out to me at like a low ish eight or so.
1: Okay. There you go. I think that's, that's pretty comprehensive. And unless you have anything else to say about it, that, that I think is kind of, we just wanted to try to like take a deep dive, you know, would do kind of a review if you will. So if you guys like this, obviously like you want to see us kind of play a game together from different perspectives, let us know. Cause it's kind of fun to kind of do a review. If, if you want to call it that, um, but I, I don't know. I think that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, that, Hopefully that it helped someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I hope that, uh, I hope you kind of enjoy the more deep comprehensive, uh, deep dives. I, I would like to do more of these for sure. And obviously, you know, with more time to prepare for one, we can really get into the weeds and structure this thing out. But yeah, I, I uh, I, I enjoyed that game and I'm glad that if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't have played it. So I'm, I'm glad that you recommended the first one so highly. And, uh, that first one, boy, I I I loved the hell out of that. So twenty nine ninety nine, or yeah, twenty nine ninety nine, if I'm not mistaken. That's the regular
1: price, yeah. It's yeah, like thirty bucks basically in the U S. So
0: highly recommend that at twenty nine ninety nine. You know, it's uh, that's a good price just for that first part alone. That first part, I would say, is worth thirty bucks to me. So.
1: And I think the Bluebird team, if you're watching, we're going to take your tagline, Brandon. This Layers of Fear 2023 is a great game if you don't like reading.
0: <laughs> Keep yeah. smoothing. Keep smoothing, baby. Keep smoothing. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the day of the second part, you gotta do some reading. So it it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it defuncted my uh defuncted my lizard brain there. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't just scroll, but it it was it was a, a damn good experience to me overall, man. All right. Well, we got we still got
1: a lot of show left oh my gosh sorry well if anyone didn't want to listen that long i guess you can just click over but that was uh that's so a where, where do you want to go from here man we got a lot of show left i feel like well we we actually
0: only got uh, what two more segments so we, we we're we not doing two no, we got three more segments but all right. we got three. Oh yeah we yep. do got three yeah you're right you're <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> no it's fine we're having fun if you guys don't enjoy certain parts skip over it it's fine yeah I mean, you, know, time you know whatever stamps. do you
0: yeah timestamps always be there for you but we are heading into a new segment that we're presenting to you today. It's uh, i I'm so so pumped for this. I'm so pumped for this. I, I think that this is going to be a good time. Get, hit us with your feedback on this. Let us let us know uh, uh, what you think of this segment. But we're calling it Console Wars, and don't worry, it's not stupid, <gasps> silly, uh, Twitter Console Wars. Oh, I hate
1: Switch. <laughs> I hate Xbox. I hate
0: PlayStation. <laughs> we're creating a little game here today. And, uh, Jeffrey and I, we, we just, we, we got off the phone with our, with our billionaire buddies. We had a couple billionaires hit us up and, uh, uh, they, they said, Hey, look, we know, we know y'all are in the weeds. We know you love some gaming." They hit us up and they said, look, we need you to be essentially the Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan of our companies. They were, they were on the golf course, playing some golf, and they started getting into a debate about. Who would be the the better video game console manufacturer? Who would be the better publisher? Who would put out the better, the higher quality games? They're talking about the nostalgia that they're, you know, talking about the the glory days of video gaming, and they're like, we got all this money. Why don't we create our own? consoles why don't we get into the console marketplace and you know they're, they're just shooting it back and forth and then taking it lightly but the drinks keep pouring the drinks keep flowing throughout the day on the golf course and then by the end of the day they're on the phone with their lawyers they got a full contract ready to go and then and, and they call us up and, and uh, i'll go ahead and reveal my billionaire that hit me up mr jay-z gets on the line with me he hits me up and he says look well, I want you to be the 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 Jim Ryan. I want you to be the Jim Ryan of my my new console that I'm launching. We we need you to go in there, create a subscription service for me. Do some we we, we need you to get in the weeds and, and, and create a brand new IP. Design this console for me. Jay-Z's like, I don't have a lot of time, man. You gotta do this <laughs> for me. <laughs> so yes. so essentially Obviously. To, to 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 keep the silliness uh, at bay for a second, where Jeffrey and I are creating two consoles, and we are going to be competing week in and week out with some console warfare. That sound done, decent, Jeffrey. Done, done. No,
1: don't just <laughs> sabotage your confidence like that. How, you you should just sabotage all that confidence that you have. <laughs> I should say these are not real. Uh... These aren't going to be real consoles. Uh, disclaimer, uh, asterisk, uh, product not hold on. Uh, what's the, uh, what's the, what's that rapper guy that made like a real console?
0: What's oh, Soldier Boy.
1: Yeah, we're, not, I should, I feel like, because there's going to be someone in the comments going to be like, oh, this is real. <laughs> no, we're not making real ones. So if you thought that, stop it. This is for fun. We're having fun, dang it. Well, oh. So, they, oh, they are real. Sorry. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah Jay Z actually did hit me up. J- it, you, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Jay Z, we go way back.
1: Okay. Well then I should say my my investment is a uh, person is is Britney Spears. Nice. Yeah, she she we we don't go way back like a couple of years back but uh you know met in Hollywood um ah. you know when I was on you did a YouTube video interviewed her you know her favorite games you know obviously and uh yeah so Britney Spears same she's like hey we need, we need more games we need more consoles I'm too busy doing what I do i guess music i don't know what she does anymore <laughs> but uh i need to be better friends there but yeah so, <laughs> also uh she wants a console as well so it's uh Woo warfare time baby
0: hell yeah so it's back to the 2000s as everyone will remember britney spears versus jay-z as <laughs> it always battle.
1: was
0: that classic classic <laughs>
1: vh <That> one mtv battle <laughs>
0: as it was always intended to be they're they're, they're participating in some some console uh guerrilla warfare if you will but we were setting the stage simple today um We're launching our consoles, and we'll give the names for our consoles here in a second. But before we do that, we're letting people know, hey, the consoles, they launch July 1st. Go to your local stores, pick up the consoles on July 1st. But we want you to know that when we launch these consoles, you're going to have a nice subscription service available for you with day one third party titles ready to go competing with game pass out the gate. We're getting all the big boys. They, 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 they got all sorts of investors. Britney Spears went and got her investors. Jay-Z went and got their, there. They're opening up the checkbooks. We're spending trillions of dollars each week on this console. And we, we expect to uh, make all that money back, but. So you better buy it. Everyone better buy as many of these as possible. Go out and buy the consoles. (laughs) But yes. before before we get into that let us let's, let's announce the names of our our systems that we're creating here. What 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 is what did Britney Spears come up with f- to name her console, Mr. Jeffrey?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, a, it's a classy name. Okay. It's a name that uh, will easily roll off the tongue. Okay. It's a name you will never forget. Okay. <laughs> I, I tried to be. I can't. I'm to be so serious about how awful it is. Uh, mine is called the MacGuffin box. Ooh. You know, again, everyone. Will, no one will forget the MacGuffin box. So that's what it's called. So MacGuffin box. Spicy. Get ready. Thank you, Britney Spears. That was her idea. She takes full credit for it. She said,
0: "Yeah, I, I got to say, my mine comes straight from straight from the billionaire's mouth himself as well. I, I'm okay. calling mine the Renegade from Ooh. from the from the 2000 and." Oh boy! One two thousand and three. The 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 track where Jay Z, renegade, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> that was very. I'm sure that's exactly how it sounds. Yes, <laughs> that was beautiful. Whatever that song is with uh Jay Z and Eminem, I'm, I'm pulling from one of his uh one of his classic tracks that I can't remember any of the words to, but we're calling it the renegade, and yeah, it's spicy. The the renegade and the MacGuffin are launching no it's the mcguffin box don't forget box you heathen sorry sorry the mcguffin box and the renegade are launching on july first but before it, it to get serious here what we're doing is we're
1: <laughs> you can't say that it's never serious all right yes very serious uh, uh. Well,
0: we're we're drafting the games of July here today. So the biggest games that are releasing July 2023, we're putting them on our subscription service that's launching J- July 1st. And where we're drafting the games of July, the biggest, most anticipated titles, to be serious. They whoa I was doing, you know, we were doing the 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 most the monthly look ahead each month of the game's coming out in July, the game's coming out in August. And I just wanted to, to do something a little spicy to, to mix it up a little bit, to have some fun with it. So that's what we're doing here. Where we're and and we're gonna do other things as well where we're thinking about doing a uh revival draft where we go in and revive dead games and bring them back and we bring them to our console stuff. It's just a silly way to to create, you know, fun little back and forth banter like this, but for this July draft, it's it's very serious and it's very competitive, Jeffrey. Don't 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 you forget it. What yep. the the stakes are here is that uh August, when we come in at, at the end of August to do this again, we're gonna look over our lists, and whoever has the highest overall Metacritic average from the games we drafted in July, that's the, the they're the victor. And they get an, an extra couple trillion dollars to invest with their 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 console the next month. So it's it's a Metacritic uh, battle of sorts. We're battling for Metacritic supremacy here oh on the uh, the the console the console warfare. The console so uh, we
1: are. So this is very serious. So we can't uh, we can't joke around anymore. No more laughter and smiling. We have to get
0: into the weeds now. No more laughter. Yeah. No more laughter at all. But. <clears throat> I don't know how 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 should we oh okay if 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 a game if a game is delayed how how do you want to how do you want to do that you want to do like subtract two points from from the overall score for anybody that gets a delayed game or whatever
1: yeah that seems fair okay I mean I guess that's I don't know I guess I mean yes for the purposes of this but that feels kind of unfair because at the end usually it means it's gonna probably be at least a more polished better game but you know sure we we have to make this somewhat like work so we don't completely lose our minds with math and things. So sure, uh, but, we'll just, let's yeah. say subtract five,
0: subtract five. Yeah.
1: We're getting get real spicy.
0: Okay. Subtract five for any, any game delayed out mm. of the month. And obviously we'll, we'll, you know, refresh this, go over it next month and see, yeah see what we're thinking about things. But Jeffrey, you know what, man, I, Jay-Z is so confident. He said, let Britney Spears get the first pick for, for, for this draft. I, I want to hear from you. What is your first pick of all the games coming out in July? What is the first pick that you are adding to your subscription service that launches in July 1, 2023?
1: Yes. Well, I'm myself as well as Britney Spears, we're both very confident in this upcoming game. Um, It's going to obviously get 100 on Metacritic. So, there's no, don't even, even if it gets delayed, it's still just going to get 100. Don't even worry about it. Uh, That's going to be July 28th. So, I'm I'm picking a late bloomer. That's going to be Disney Illusion Island. So, for you platforming fans out there who want to do some co op 2D platforming, Disney Illusion Island, uh, July 28th looks like for Switch. I don't know. Uh, No, I lied. Not switch. Obviously not switch. It's obviously coming to uh, uh, the MacGuffin box. Wait, are we actually (laughs) saying what platforms it's coming to? Yeah. 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 We could,
0: yeah, we could talk, we could talk about what (laughs) platforms are coming to just in case people are wondering.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is going to get confusing, but yeah. So uh, Disney illusion Island, uh, that's the one I'm, I'm, I'm I'm putting on there first. So uh, don't take that from us.
0: All right, man. So Disney illusion Island is your number one pick for me. I what gotta got? go with the heart here. I gotta go, Immortals of Avium. I'm really excited for this damn title, man. Uh, it first-person magic going on. I'm hoping for a nice linear campaign here. I believe it's only coming to next-gen consoles and PC, if I'm not mistaken, for Immortals of Avium. But yeah, I, I'm expecting big things with this. I, would I be totally surprised if it, you know, doesn't quite hit the 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 I'm expecting low to mid eights. If it gets somewhere in the mid eights, I'll be very, very happy with Immortals of Avium, but I got to go with the heart. Immortals of Avium is going to be my first pick for the games of July.
1: Cool. All right, there you go. You heard it here. Uh, The next one I'm going to take is going to be Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. Uh, Right now, all platforms, July 12th. So this is obviously the follow-up to the first Oxenfree, which is kind of a narrative-based, point and clicky adventure spook spook spookathon you know kind of like a coming of age story but all about supernatural goings on i don't know i'll be honest i don't know too much about the second one lost signals but the the first game leaned very much into this like radio signal horror and and communicating with other beings that way so um really good writing so yeah we're going to be taking oxen free 2 lost signals july 12th all platforms that we know at least right now
0: not yeah that that I think that would have been my second choice as well. Looking here, well not now. <laughs> I think I would have to go with for me number two. I got it. I think I'm going to take Pikmin Four.
1: Oh, you stole that. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I I I'm not like I don't know anything about the series. Like I, I'm not a big <laughs> Nintendo guy, but these games perform pretty well. On average. And obviously this is coming to, to switch exclusively. I, I really don't know much about Pikmin. Are you, are you a big Pikmin fan? Not even in the slightest,
1: <laughs> but I would have picked, I would have Pikmin did it because uh, it's, uh, I would assume it'll review well because people do love it. I just don't like good things apparently
0: yeah yeah no people people do love it the the first three games have all performed really well so i'm taking it this is a choice that's not necessarily from the heart but this is a choice that is very much uh i I want the win and pikmin 4 should deliver me victory
1: there you go all right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take a gamble here all right all right i'm not a gambling man but i'm gonna take a gamble so remnant 2 comes out on july 25th uh for next gen and pc so remnant 2 again the follow-up to the first remnant i forgot the subtitle uh but it's basically I, I pr- again I, I feel like i should have researched better but remnant 2 is going to be a co-op seemingly uh third person shooter blending like a lot of different elements of I don't know. There's there's elements of fantasy, sort of like steampunk, but then like horror. But then it's basically just a co-op third person shooter. I, I The first one had roguelite elements. I don't know if the second one is supposed to, but I, I, I'm i on the fence. I'll be honest. I don't know how this is going to do. I know people do like the first one quite yeah. a bit. It has a cult following. So I'm going to take a gamble on Remnant 2, um, again, coming currently July 25th.
0: Yeah, the first one has some some real uh, some real supporters out there, some some diehard remnant fans. So I think that's a I think that's a, a smart pick. Similar, uh, well, uh, actually, kind of opposite here. I'm, I'm going I'm going with the the heart as we went with Pikmin four for the the results to get the money to get the bag to get the points. I'm going with the heart here because I really want this to be good, not because I even care so much about this game in particular. I care about the next game that will follow it. And I'm going with The Expanse from Telltale. I want this to do good. I want this to review well so that we can get The Wolf Among Us too. That's pretty <laughs> much it. I, and I, I'm actually going to buy The Expanse day one just to throw some extra bucks at, at Telltale's way to, to ensure that we get The Wolf Among Us 2. I'm craving The Wolf Among Us 2. I, I want to see the follow-up to that story. But The Expanse... It's similar in that Telltale vein. It seems to have some big choices that you're making in your your t- Telltale nature, and uh, yeah, it, it looks a little bit more expansive than what we've seen from Telltale games in the past. So curious. It, I think the art style is a little better as well. I'm curious to see if reviewers will uh will go for this in this day and age. I I don't I don't I mean, Supermassive games do okay on the review scales but they always kind of tend to be in that like mid to low 70s range so i'm hoping that this doesn't follow suit but i'm definitely hoping it's not any worse than the the low to mid 70s
1: cool that's a good choice i'm actually not when you when i saw this on here it wasn't one i was familiar with so i'm glad you put it on my radar i've still never even played tangentially the wolf among us and i i always hear how darn good it is, but I still haven't played it, so maybe dive into that at some point here.
0: Yeah, you you would. Yeah, I think you'd like that a lot. It's it's really really good.
1: I'm gonna. Hmm, I feel torn here because there's three left for me, and we're only choosing two more. There's three more I want to choose, but I'm gonna. Uh, okay, I'm gonna choose. This isn't so much of a full on game, but more of an add on to an extent. But I think it's gonna be cool. So Sea of Thieves is doing a Legend of Monkey Island add on. And that's pretty reductive because the way Sea of Thieves, and I'm not really a Sea of Thieves player, mostly because I don't have friends and I don't know how to do that. You're my friend, Brandon. I guess (laughs) technically that counts. But uh, So Sea of Thieves is doing a Legend of Monkey Island add-on, and their add-ons in this game aren't just like, here's some cosmetics. Here's like one quest. They're full-on like story campaigns to new islands and new customization things and new ways to play and new like just basically a whole new like additional storylines. Um, I'm not like a massive Legend of Monkey or just Monkey Island fan in general, the old point-and-click games. Um, I know there's a newer one, but people do love Monkey Island if you're a point-and-click fan, and it just seems like a match made in heaven for Sea of Thieves, rare to incorporate Monkey Island. So that's going to be Xbox and PC. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I, I think people are going to like it because Monkey Island's pretty beloved, and yeah. Sea of Thieves has been going on forever now, and people still adore that game because it came a long way so I'm yeah that, like
0: that that's like one of the most successful live service games on the market that people just kind of don't really give enough credit to it's it's yeah that thing the thing is doing great numbers and has a real real fanfare for it so
1: and the water in that game oh boy it looks so good the ocean oh my gosh it looks i'll just jump into that game not even to play but just to stand on the bow of my pathetic pirate ship and play my hurdy-gurdy and just stare at the ocean until i vomit from getting seasick so (laughs) Um, all right what do you got next man what's your uh, what's your next one
0: i think for my next pick here i'm gonna have to go with i'm gonna go similar to you here i'm i I don't know how safe this is, though, because PlayStation has had some awful PC ports. I'm gonna go with <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, the, the PC port for it. I I'm skeptical on this because the Last of Us PC port was absolutely abysmal. I, I think that this is being done <laughs> yeah. by uh I think this is being done by Nixus, if I'm not mistaken. And uh the the Last of Us PC port was done by Naughty Dog, and also uh, another team that has historically had some issues with their their PC ports. But okay. I'm hoping that this will, I'm hoping that this will turn out a lot better for for Rift Apart. If it does turn out to be the same game that I played on the PlayStation Five or something similar in that uh, in the quality aspect, it will do really really well. It's an amazing game. Absolutely loved it in 2021, and I'm hoping that I can just pad some points here with my Ratchet and Clank <laughs> Rift Apart pick. <laughs>
1: It's a safe bet, and I wanted to go with that because it does feel like a safe bet because Rift Apart is phenomenal. And it's still so funny that you think games are built on PCs. I mean, maybe I just don't know this, but games are generally built on PCs. But then when you bring a port to a PC, it never seems to work as well. It just... Because they optimize it for console a lot of yeah. times. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, but I'm not smart enough to understand the behind the scenes development.
0: Nor am I, nor am I. But it is, it is very, I guess it's just because there, there's so many different SKUs. There's so many different PCs that they have to prioritize for, uh, opposed to just having, you know, a PlayStation 5, an Xbox series. And like, I'm I'm imagining having to prioritize so that wide range of PCs can cause some some issues there, but who who yeah, am I? Sure. I don't know.
1: Who are you? You are Brandon.
0: Um Ooh, are you? <laughs> oh
1: boy. All right. My next one, I guess last one. We're on five, right? So uh my last one did I feel weird talking about this one because technically it's a game that's already out that I don't even know what the review score is, but it was a stadia exclusive. Yeah. Everyone knows Actually, maybe this is maybe this is bad luck talking about a Stadia thing because we're, we're launching new things, you know. But anyway, there's a game that came on Stadia. It was an exclusive to Stadia and it was a horror game called Guilt spelled G-Y-L-T because they want to be really, really hip. I remember when I saw Guilt come out way back when Stadia first, I mean, a few years ago launched. And I was like, man, I really want to play this little quirky looking horror game. I'll try pretty much any little quirky horror game. I don't even know much about it, but it like plays a little kid and you explore like these spooky, I don't know, like locations. It's like a puzzle adventure game. Um, But I was so sad when it was a Stadia exclusive. So coming July 6th, so very soon, it's actually coming to all platforms, looks like, except for Switch. So they're finally bringing it elsewhere where hopefully it gets more love. I'll be honest. I don't even know what the scores are for the Stadia version, but I just so badly want this game to be fun and good because I love a quirky <laughs> horror game. So guilt, July 6th. Do you have the score pulled up?
0: No, I, like I don't.
1: Looking at the score. Okay.
0: No, no, I, I, but I am curious about this game. Um, I, I think I did look up the score before. I, I believe it was like mid sixes or high sixes, if I'm not mistaken, but okay. platform it's very, I feel like it could turn the tides a little bit with it not launching on, you know, it came out on a platform that nobody used. And (laughs) I, I think that there's almost like this negativity associated with the platform in general with stadia, where it's like easier to shit on any exclusive game, just because it's stadia exclusive. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, reviewers sought out to do that or whatever, but it's just, I wonder if giving it new legs on a new platform will help it at all um I, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about this one as well man the only thing that keeps me a little bit concerned
1: about it there was a game there was a game that i don't think anyone's heard of um on playstation 4 called in in nightmare and it looks very similar like you play as this kid exploring haunted mansion i don't i don't remember anyone talking about it it wasn't even really that good that's the vibes i get with guilt however obviously it's a completely different game in studio but anyway it's a gamble one but man I just want it to be good so we're going to give it a shot. July 6th. Yeah.
0: I want it to be good All too. Right. I for for my final I'm I'm oh, I'm torn between two. And then we'll give a couple shout outs here in a second to some other kind of bigger titles that that are coming out in July to keep them keep on your radar. But I think I'm going to go Viewfinder here. This is a uh independent puzzle-solving, first-person perspective game where the environment and the world is kind of shape-shifting all the time. It's really, really unique from a mechanical perspective. And I've, I've heard people were really hot on it at Summer Game Fest. Like, it had a demo. I heard people were really hot on it. So this is one that could backfire a little bit i don't know much about this game at all but from what i've seen of it it just looks totally totally different like you're swapping out world environments and being able to like traverse new locations and solve puzzles that way it looks very very intriguing and i do believe viewfinder is only on ps5 and pc unfortunately but yeah that that, that's one that that i'm i'm very very curious about
1: I When I saw this one on the list, yeah, it wasn't one I remember from the Summer Games Fest stuff. So this may be a really silly question, but I want to. But when I think viewfinder, because I'm old, I'm 36. When I think viewfinder, I remember back in the day, like these little like slide things you put in and you like click them and it like had little like shutter, like things that you would see come across it, like little pictures. Was that part of this trailer or anything? Or am I just an idiot for thinking that's what a viewfinder is in terms of this game?
0: I do believe that yeah I, I think that it it does have something to do with this this uh object that you're using or you're, you're holding it up and that's how you're you're shape shifting the world around you if I'm not mistaken um I'm a little bit younger than you I'm I'm 28 so I, I don't have quite as much uh memory of of this this viewfinder object but I do believe that it does revolve around you holding something up and in shape shifting the world and shape shifting shape shifting the perspective with that object
1: Ooh, I'm sold. That sounds awesome.
0: Cool. All <laughs>
1: right. Well, those are our five ones that, that we're, are kind of sticking out to us. Obviously, we should say before we jump into a few of the other ones, there's lots more games than what we're going to mention here that are going to A, Shadow Drop, B, tons of indies that we'll miss out on. We're just trying to at least handpick the ones that jumped out the most that have definitive dates currently and platforms. So just keep in mind if there's something that you were really excited about. It's not that we didn't want to talk about. It's
0: just that we can't cover every single game that comes out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but these games that we selected, they're all coming, they're all coming to our subscription service the day they launch. So no worries there. Go pick up your, go pick up your renegade console and go pick up your, uh, uh, <laughs> you already <laughs> forgot
1: the name of it. That's a problem for my console. <laughs> it's called the, it's called the, actually based on the, you, yours is based on a Jay Z song. Mine should just be called the Hit Me Baby One More Time box, I guess. The Hit Me, the Hit but it's Me Baby not. One More. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the MacGuffin box. <laughs>
0: mcguffin box and, and the renegade consoles <laughs> go pick them up july 1st they'll be available they'll be a bit available worldwide and then these games when they launch they're coming straight to our our subscription yeah. services don't don't you? Don't you forget it?
1: I need to talk to Britney Spears. We need a better uh, PR team. Think th- or marketing team to think of better names for consoles. Here, yours was good and memorable, at least.
0: Yeah, I, I think she could probably use a better PR team. There's All right, no- listen here. Don't <laughs> you talk about my
1: business partner that way. You get out of here, man. You should respect your elders. I'm older than you.
0: <laughs> right, get off my lawn. All right. All right. So. <laughs> We're running through some, some other titles here that, that are um notable. You you wrote down Scarf, I believe, didn't you? Uh, coming to, to PlayStation and Xbox. Was that one that, that caught your eye? I
1: don't, I mean, I can't say it's notable, but for me, anyone. So just for anyone that's new to this and me being here, my favorite genre, hands down, is apart from horror is 3D platformers. I I just I will try any 3D platformer, I don't care how bad it is. Uh, scarf looks like a really super charming 3D platformer. It also looks just kind of like an adventure game. It reminded me of the Indie Hit a Short Hike. There was another one called Little Gator Game that were just like these like open exploration, fun little platforming games that I adore. Scarf looks just like that. And you have a red scarf that's part of like your powers and it just looked really charming. And that's coming on July 6th. Yeah, for PlayStation and Xbox. So I just wanted to throw a little love to a 3D platforming one by a small indie team
0: nice um i'm gonna give a shout out here to legend of heroes trails into reverie this is coming everywhere but xbox uh the the, the these games they they people love them i i don't know much about them but people love it. i know they're jrpgs and i know that they have uh quite the quite the following so cool.
1: that's a that's a good one cool. do we want to run through each of the the extra ones that we have i know there's only a few more
0: yeah there's only a couple more see so yeah, i was just going to give them a quick shout out
1: Okay, so the next one looks like July 14th is, and I don't know much about it, you'll have to tell me is Exoprimal, which is coming everywhere but Switch. What I don't actually even know what Exoprimal is, so what is it?
0: Oh, really? Yeah, this is Capcom's new uh service game. they are new, new their new, oh, their new <laughs> attempt into the live service market. And you're you're gonna be killing some dinosaurs, it seems. You're 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 battling dinosaurs, hordes and hordes of dinosaurs, and uh you're playing as like these mech characters and uh yeah, you 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 got some Street wow. Fighter tie-ins as well that are that are launching at a later date. Where Ryu's going to be beating up some dinosaurs and maybe shooting them. And uh, sure, Capcom. Hey, Capcom's wow. been doing well everywhere else. If they want to go and chase a quick bag, let's see if they can get it. That sounds terribly generic, but okay. Um,
1: wait. Question is, why didn't they just do Dino Crisis then? If they're doing dinosaur games, seriously, Capcom, we love you, but get with it,
0: dude. Did you? I don't know if you remember the little um image i sent you for the the thumbnail that i was going to do for the console wars did you did i don't you look s- at
1: anything you send me so. <laughs>
0: damn
1: <laughs> that's how professional we are i look at nothing if you send it i'm like i'm out uh but anyway yes i i did look at the thumbnails but was that exo primal
0: do you remember the the red-headed lady that was on the cover yes. uh all, looks just like the well, not just like but looks oh. very similar to the dino crisis character that's oh, that's shoot. They're using that as a main character for Exo Primal, a game about shooting dinosaurs. But do you think, do you think
1: this may be way off? Do you think, because you know, a lot of big publishers will like test the waters to see if people might be interested in like a game coming back. Do you think this is their weird freaking way to like test the waters to see if people like dinosaur-y type games to see if Dino Crisis is coming back or does that, is that too much of a stretch?
0: If that is what Capcom's doing here, I will bang my head into a wall endlessly, man. That th- this is in no way shape or form sh- this in no way shape or form should be a reflection of Dino Crisis. This if this doesn't do well, it's because people don't want to play a live service version of of uh, slaughtering hordes of dinosaurs with generic like mech characters. People want actually Dino crisis, a remake right. of dino crisis, not a, a service game with dinosaurs. It's just, but, but I, I wouldn't doubt if there's some sort of something there, some sort of influence there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, exoprimal, I, that sure. It's a game. <laughs> it's um, a okay. game. All right. What's the, hey, I'll let you go on the, whatever last ones we have. Do we have any other ones? I that think it?
0: that actually might be it. it. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. I think.
1: All right, well there you go. So make sure to pick up the ones we shouted out on Renegade. Well, actually, not on don't don't support Brandon's Renegade cons. This is a console wars. You better get it on the Hit Me Baby One More Time slash
0: MacGuffin box. Hey, <laughs> you you know you you want to spend your money with Jay Z. You want to spend your money with Jay Z. We got to go buy. No, he does. Yeah. What? He sold the Brooklyn. Nets, I think, Cause I remember he bought the the Brooklyn and we got to go and buy back the, the, the Brooklyn nets. That that's the goal where okay. we're, we're making money off our console to go back and buy the Brooklyn nets. That's, that's, okay. that's the, that's the dream here. That's what Jay-Z told me whenever he hit me up a, a okay. couple of days ago. So,
1: well, we have no goals and dreams. So we'll, maybe the renegade box is a better option. Go buy that instead of mine.
0: <laughs> hey, make me, make me, make me a billionaire. That, that's, that's the dream here. I'm, I'm playing the Jim Ryan role. Make me a billionaire. We're going to launch some live service games, but no, this, this, uh, I, I we're going to have some fun with this, this, uh, topic here going forward. And we're really just going to use it as a way to, essentially do like little fantasy drafts week in and week out like next week we'll we'll, we'll do a, a silly reveal for our console we'll, we'll draw you a little picture of what our console is going to look like we just oh want to have <laughs> uh, and, and i'm the worst like i'm literally the i, I Worst artist of all time. Worst artist of all time. So it's a it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. And we're also going to to next week, we're gonna reveal a brand new IP that is launching with our console. So where we're we're creating some stuff on the fly, our dream game that we're launching with the console. And like I said, you know, we'll we'll do some some revival drafts, reviving some dead games and a bunch of cool stuff like this. It's just gonna be a cool little segment to have like a back and forth uh fantasy draft style thing going on week in and week out so and also it
1: just is a fun way to uh talk about upcoming games of the month without just the boring like here's what's coming out like also a spicy more hopefully you guys can let us know i guess hopefully just a more enjoyable way to talk about upcoming games you know because there's plenty of lists and videos out there of what's coming out and those are informative but we're just trying to spice it up for you a little bit
0: yeah, absolutely. that that That's the that's the whole goal with this segment is just to just to you know do something a little bit different, something that hopefully you aren't you aren't seeing on every other video game podcast that's out there. So yeah, we're we're we're, we're trying some new things out, man. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. All right, and
1: if you're new here. Hey, thanks for being here. Make sure to subscribe. We really are trying our darndest to, to just make some fun content. We really want to just grow and have a great community we can engage with. We always put up a community poll each week where you can help. So just, uh, yeah, subscribe, share it around. We really just want to be, you know, your fun little weekly place to talk about games, casual. And, um, you know, so yeah, there's our little shameless shameless self plug. I don't care. It's not so shameless. All
0: right. Keep, keep it smoothing, brother. Keep it smoothing. Keep it smoothing. All right, so heading on into our next segment uh wh- wh- what are we at now for for time 2 hours okay yeah Let, let's yeah yeah Let, let's Woo. run through this bad boy a little bit quicker here for our top 10 games of 2003 so mm-hmm. five a piece that we will we'll run through and then we'll give our quick honorable mention shout outs at the end i'll go ahead and kick this off with my number 5 wait um, wait 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 hit me baby one more time
1: we're out that's it mic drop i can't because it's attached to something <laughs> but uh sorry to, to, to ruin all of your thunder there i feel like i should preface at least for the first couple of times we're doing this together these are not going to be the top necessarily these aren't necessarily going to be the top games of review scores or metacritic or you're going to the ones you see everywhere else these are our personal top favorite games that may be something you don't agree with maybe you will but just keep that in mind if you're like wow why is that on there there are favorite games yeah i feel like i just want i feel like i should say that because uh maybe i don't need to say but i feel like i should say it should i not say it i already said it whatever it's
0: (laughs) on the record now brother it it can't go anywhere uh look when i i I think i said this last i don't remember but whenever i put like in it if i clip this out and put it into a its own video and I, i i say top 10 best games of 2003 that's an algorithm play. I'm playing for the algorithm there. I'm hoping to pick up some traction, pick up some new viewers there. This is a top 10 favorite games of 2003. So, they're, they're, that's the that, that's the truth, the the god's honest truth where we got to play to the algorithm a little bit when we can. So, that's the the reason for the titling there. But yeah, uh, our 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 best games, our personal favorites. Top 5 from or top 10 from 2003 five games a piece here. I, I, I don't I don't know if we have any crossover going on but i'll go ahead and kick off mine do you have something
1: to say i'm sorry <laughs> i keep giving faces where it looks like i have to interrupt you no i wasn't going to say anything i'll stop making faces
0: Apparently, <laughs> nice. go, go ahead
1: go ahead and say things i'll keep i'll I keep stealing your thunder no you're go good ahead. brother
0: <laughs> number five for me i'm going with silent hill three silent hill three at the number five spot i think that this game did so many things that I hadn't really seen in horror b- before this. I thought it played with your fear of heights really, really well. And maybe not quite as depraved as Silent Hill 2, but still very depraved, very dark, obviously. And um, yeah, I, I I just, Silent Hill 3 is actually my favorite of the Silent Hill games that I've played so far. I still need to play through 4 and uh, the games that followed it, but out of the, I, I played 1, 2, and 3 so far, Silent Hill 3 is my favorite of the three, which I know is definitely not the, the consensus, the popular opinion, but loved uh, Silent Hill 3, man.
1: That, that that's a solid pick that that would be that's the only crossover game that i would have had because when i saw you talk about it that's one i would have thrown on there it's okay. a great game and that's even from someone that hasn't beat it i've beat Silent hill too. love that played all Silent hill games but three i haven't finished yet plan to but it's a good one so that's a, a solid shout i would have had that one if you didn't so um did you did you're newer to the Silent hill series correct just in general correct
0: yeah, I, I, well, I played one as a kid, but I'd never finished it. I, I My first time going through and finishing the games started in 2021, I believe. So I'm trying to go through like one a year and um Silent Hill 4 would be this year. I, I hope to play that in October.
1: Cool. All right, Silent Hill 3. So my first one, and this is going to, my, my disclaimer I just gave you a few minutes before we talked about Silent Hill 3 is going to be ever present for my first pick because no one, ever will agree with this but my my number five is the haunted mansion yes that's right the haunted mansion based on the eddie murphy movie from the early 2000s a movie that is one of my favorite movies of all time i've learned as i get older here i just like things that i don't think anyone else likes because i'm just a weird idiot but you know what i'm older i don't care anymore i love that movie so alongside the eddie murphy movie which is great by the way they also made a haunted mansion game and it's a blast you're just going through the titular haunted mansion you have to like reclaim the 999 ghosts if you've been on the ride or watched the movie or any of that jazz from disney i just adore the game i've probably bought it like almost a dozen different times and it also came with a movie ticket when it first came out and i thought that was the coolest thing ever so haunted mansion is my number five pick i adore that game
0: yeah i I remember yeah
1: it's right it's right here it's right you got a copy of it yes i have a copy of it how dare you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, nice also i also rem- have
0: uh sorry also have uh oh wow so you're a real fan of, of oh yeah uh, nice well that's cool man heck yeah I, I remember when games used to come with like movie tickets i believe one of the spider-man games did maybe spider-man 3 on the the playstation 2 i think he came with a ticket for spider-man 3 the movie like there were Those weird, uh, tying games that were popping up quite often back then that would come with like movie tickets. I I, I always did think that was, uh, was cool to, to open up a box and see that in there. All right. What do you got next for us? I am going with Wolverine's revenge. Speaking of some silly tie-ins that most people don't, uh, really like at all. I loved Wolverine's revenge. And I still think here's the thing. Wolverine's origins, uh, for the 360 PS3 era, that's the best Wolverine game ever. Probably the best X-Men game ever. But Wolverine's Revenge, I think, does stealth really, really well. And I think that that's a mechanic that, uh, of course, the hack and slash nature, the God of War approach that was taken with Wolverine's Origins for the, the 360 PS3 was fantastic, impaling enemies, all that. But the kind of more, it, it felt slightly more horror with Wolverine's Revenge on the PS2 because you're you're having to be really careful. There's segments where you're like avoiding minds and uh, it, it's a challenging game. It, it's very, very challenging. Probably the most challenging of like these silly tie-in games at the time. Most of them were fairly easy because they were intended for a younger audience. Wolverine's Revenge was really, really tough. And I remember I, I never was able to finish it until I was much older. I didn't finish this until I was probably like 21 or so. So it, it, yeah, it it took me a long time to beat this thing. I always got stuck on it, but I really enjoyed it. Swapping the different costumes and unlocking the different costumes. And yeah, I, 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 Wolverine's revenge is is a classic for my childhood for sure. So that's my number four
1: cool i love it i don't know if i played that one from back then but you're right that era just had so many tie-in games and a lot of them didn't work but there were some there were some fun standout ones especially if you're a fan of the source material like in this case x-men and wolverine you know
0: yeah i actually i have one two i guess three four five tie-ins that i can shout (laughs) out here that that would be on my 2003 list a good year for for solid tie-in games but what what you got for me for your number four
1: Yeah. For number four, I have need for speed underground. So I'm not, I'm not a car guy. I'm like, I don't, I just, that's not my thing, but man, I tell you what playing need for speed underground back in 2003 was, it was such a cool game because it was right around that time that, um, I know a lot of my friends during that time wanted to like soup up their cars, even though all of us had really crappy cars, we wanted to make it look really cool. So it just tied in nicely with that time frame. but the whole street racing and the customization and that opening song, which I'm immediately already forgetting. What is the opening song to underground?
0: Um, um
1: from the it, window. To yeah, uh, Little John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I love this game so much, apart from just the awesome street racing and the customization, um, was because it was the first time I was allowed to have a very tiny, like 13-inch TV in my room. Mm. And the first game I played on it was Need for Speed Underground. So it immediately brings me back to this time of staying up late in bed. I was allowed to have this little TV, listening to that song, and just customizing my Honda Civic to make it look super duper cool. And <laughs> then just doing the street racing races and the neon lights and oh my gosh that game was i love racing games but need for speed underground was was ahead of its time and uh i haven't seen it matched since in my opinion so um yeah well
0: yeah for that style of racing game i i do i would have to say that's probably the pinnacle um for for the more street racing approach it's crazy that i i I don't this it doesn't necessarily matter but this is right around the time of that first fast and furious movie if i'm not mistaken And and shit just got like racing because the people look at Fast and Furious now and you're you're talking about just insanity. It's an action movie with cars. But the first the first Fast and Furious in particular was like that put street racing on the map in a big way. So you saw a huge boom for for a lot of these, uh, you know, need for speed undergrounds and Midnight Club three. And like there became a real. Uh, fervor for those style of titles and and yeah underground is about as as good as you get that that would be very very close to to my top five for sure
1: awesome man well i'm glad glad we're there all right what's well, uh we're moving on to three well i'm excited to hear what you got next so.
0: three i'm going with ice uh my second favorite star wars game of all time <laughs> so close to number one, but I think I'd have to go Jedi survivor. Number one, number three, I got to go star Wars, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. This, I love the introduction of new mechanics for like the, the dual wielding, the, the, you know, dual wield, dual wielding lightsabers for Jedi survivor. But I still think that Jedi Knight Jedi Academy is the best straight up lightsaber combat game that I've ever experienced where the lightsaber truly feels like one hit And you're taking out most, like you cannot get hit by that lightsaber. It feels totally just, uh, it overpowered, but it's also a really difficult game because you're having to, you know, you're having to, to Bob and weave and deflect and like you're it's challenging in the right ways, but uses the lightsaber correctly as well. So where it's not totally overpowered because you can take damage, but When you hit someone with that lightsaber, it just feels so impactful. It feels like you're slicing through them. And yeah, I just, I love the movement, love the force powers. Jedi outcast was solid, but Jedi outcast leaned into a lot of the shooting earlier in the game. And then Jedi Academy, it just totally lets you go. Uh, Lightsabers blazing from the beginning. You get the lightsaber out the gate and you're, you're just off to the races. It's so, so fun.
1: This, this, did this one was this one of the ones? I, I know there's a lot of these, these similar Star Wars games, as you said, Jedi Outcast. Did this one have the combined first and third person as well? Like uh, where you would, you could switch between first person gunplay and then into lightsaber. Was this, did this one also do that?
0: Yes. Do you remember? Yes. Both of them did outcast outcast. I know for sure did because I did that a lot. I switched to first person a lot because it was more shooter focused with okay. Academy. I played, I played third person the entire time because I just, okay. I always used the the lightsaber. You, you could switch to, to weapons as well in Academy. And I, I'm pretty sure you can go to first person. Cause I remember like you could cheese it a little bit and wait for enemies around the corner and go to first person <laughs> and slightly move the crosshairs and pick them <laughs> off. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it had first person as well.
1: It doesn't feel weird that like it, it's it seems hard based on what you're saying for a Star Wars game to make and nail the lightsaber combat. I feel like I've heard that discourse a lot where it doesn't it's not happening much or it didn't happen much in Star Wars games, obviously with the newer ones it does, but you you said this is one of the best with with lightsaber battles, right? So
0: yeah, it's tough because you're you're kind of running into that same power with like a Superman game. Uh, where he's just so, so overpowered that it's like, how do you make him feel vulnerable? How do you make him feel like he can lose or die? Like, uh, obviously introducing kryptonite and stuff like that. But how do you give all the Superman DNA, the Superman powers without... uh making it totally overpowered where you're just you're clearing out everything. That's kind of the same thing with a Jedi game. And then if you're running up against other Jedis, that's really that's where uh, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy really shines where the just the straight up uh, Jedi versus Jedi duels that are going on. And you're, you're constantly blo- trying to block at the right times, jumping over them. It was so timing based and felt so uh, precise at the time. And I, obviously it's a, a little bit dated now, but it just. With the the more with Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fall in Order, it's very much more hacky and slashy, like like kind of Souls ish with its mm-hmm. combat. It feels a little bit clunkier. I shouldn't say clunkier. It just feels more weighty. But yeah. the 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 movement, the finesse of the lightsaber is supposed. To, it, it, you know, you see them in the. It almost looks like they're doing a wand. You know what I mean? Like they're, <laughs> they're just going nonstop. And so that's yeah, awesome. it, it captured that really well with Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. So that that's my number three.
1: That's a good shout um i'm gonna move into to something a little different here i guess that, that well i shouldn't say a little different a lot different than star wars uh mine is gonna be amped too so this is a snowboarding game from xbox um I, I you're gonna learn here my a lot of my favorite games are also tied to just things in life or times in my life or whatever yeah. i grew up in utah so i grew up snowboarding I, I mean i could see the mountains out my window where i lived so for me snowboarding was uh integral to my upbringing and my friends and skateboarding and all that stuff. So extreme sports was my jam. Um, So amped two was of course the fall to amped freestyle snowboarding. It was an Xbox, like one of those Microsoft sports studios exclusives alongside like rally sport challenge, but amped two was like the perfect snowboarding game. And, And I've even played it a handful of times to this day. And it still holds up as one of the best snowboarding games because it very much feels like a Tony Hawk on snowboarding like i know there's a sean white pro snowboarder that's meant to be the tony hawk version but amped Two, just the way it, it, it let you use both thumbsticks to like flip and spin and grab at the same time just felt perfect but what i love the most is they use real mountain resorts so the mountain resorts that i'd go to in utah you can actually go ahead and play them in amp too so i'd be like snowboarding down part of an area and i'd be like oh I've, i know where that's at in real life i was just there though over the last weekend Um, but for pure like sorry for pure like snowboarding just gameplay they had fun missions it was just you could you had great upgrades and just the way that felt to play made it so special the third game ended up leaning too much into like cheesy humor and things like that but um gosh amp 2 is a phenomenal game from that year yeah are you into extreme i know you like tony hawk are you into like these kind of games at all
0: yeah I i picked up amped for the first time a couple years ago And because I was trying to collect, not all of, but all of the Xbox, original Xbox exclusive titles that I had interest in. And I heard good things about Amped and I checked it out and it's 100% you hit the nail on the head. It's Tony Hawk, but snowboarding, like it feels just like Tony Hawk, but with snowboarding, which is, you know, you can't really go wrong with that formula. It feels uh, just perfect to play. So, yeah, it's that's a damn damn fun snowboarding game man uh, I love S- SSX tricky for sure is is I would say still probably my favorite but amped in terms of like giving you almost a a picture for picture version of Tony Hawk but snowboarding like you can't get much better than amped
1: and it's also as someone that grew up snowboarding, it's the snowboarding game for snowboarders. I love SSX and I love Tricky as well. But if you want to feel like you're in that zeitgeist and the, yes. the vibe of snowboarding, although I love SSX, Amped made you feel like you're in that vibe. Um, at least from what I remember. So yeah,
0: slightly more realistic and yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: All right. But that's enough snowboarding. Let's move on to your number two. What do you got, man?
0: Number two is a game I played last month uh it uh, played it you know obviously before that but it replayed it last month. Beyond Good and Evil One. Um this is I mean this is aged like fine wine man other than the the camera is a little bit wonky but everything else is just so so good with Beyond Good and Evil, the, the hovercraft missions, you got races going on, you got, uh, you know, chase sequences going on, you have puzzle solving, it's Metal Gear meets uh, Tomb Raider with the platforming meets uh, almost like a Disney-esque aesthetic with the art style, great story with, with government corruption taking place, some human trafficking vibes going on, it's so much darker than you would anticipate looking at it on the surface it's it's a really really impressive game i i i highly highly recommend going back to it you can still play it on the uh series x go by i think it was like 9.99 when i bought it so highly 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 recommend beyond good and evil
1: why do you think beyond good and evil became a cult classic versus people just loving it for the day because it's a phenomenal game but it's always seen more like psychonauts like a, a cult classic like it didn't have the sales that ubisoft wanted right so why do you think it didn't stick with people at the time? Like now people love it, but I just wonder from your perspective why you don't think it maybe stuck with people or people weren't as interested
0: I at really, the time. Yeah, I really don't know, man. It's mm. the thing that bothers me too is yeah, and, and I, this is actually crazy that we're talking about this now. I don't know. Do you remember when we recorded we we attempted a podcast a while ago? Um, and do you remember me saying, that I thought that that new Star Wars game from Ubisoft was going to have a lot of the Beyond Good and Evil DNA, the Beyond Good Evil 2 DNA. Yes, Did you see yes. that Star Wars Outlaws trailer? Oh,
1: yeah. The, the... I'm not even a huge Star Wars fan. It looks amazing. <laughs> it looks so cool.
0: I mm-hmm. This is so, so silly and so stupid. But there, even if you look at the the speeder, the, the little hovercraft thing that... Uh, mm-hmm. I forget the lady's name, the new Star Wars character, which she hops on... It looks very, very similar to some of the the vehicles that you're using in Beyond Good and Evil 2, and the little trailer that they showed, and then like the shields that are popping up in Star Wars Outlaws that you're having mm-hmm. to like whittle down. Like, there's some things in there where I'm like, damn, did they just totally, you know, move all of those assets from Beyond Good and Evil 2 into that Star Wars? And and I thought that that was possible because of the space exploration and all that, but it, it, I just. I don't know, man. I really don't know how they're sitting on an IP like this, but they're sitting on splinter cell. They're sitting, uh, Ubisoft, Ubisoft's (laughs) a hard studio to read. They, 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 they they have, they have so many classic titles that they just, they shelf. And then, you know, I I guess we can get Riders Republic and, uh, whatever uh, uh, defiant cross defiant x two three forty eight sec six hundred and I, I i don't know what ubisoft is ever doing but they need to get to and Evil two. they chase
1: trends that's what they do
0: so. they absolutely do I, I, to be fair i will say that avatar game and that star wars game look really really good in terms of, yeah. of ubisoft games they look really really good but get to Beyond good and evil two damn it please <laughs>
1: yeah
0: I mean, no, you're absolutely right. People, I mean, again, that
1: cult classic status has become to like even more beloved nowadays. So, for sure, that's a that's a fantastic shout. Um, I'm gonna move into. I don't have too much to say about this one, to be honest, even though it's one of my favorite. Is a uh, Legacy of Kane Defiance. So I love the whole Legacy of Kane, the whole Raziel, all of those stories. But that being said, I didn't actually, I didn't know in a PlayStation One at the time, so I didn't play Soul Reaver and the things like that until much, much later. And and now I love them, and I. I know we'll talk about this in another time, but that's one of those series that absolutely needs to come back. I know there was they were going to bring one back, like on the Xbox 360 or PS3 era, but then it ended up getting canned. Anyway, Legacy of Cain: Defiance. It's basically like another vampire third-person action game um, where you, of course, plays Cain. I think there's Raziel sections as well in there, Um, but it's just exploring spooky moody gothic environments puzzle solving uh tons of action you get to suck the blood out of people like you would as a vampire and i just i love that gothic moody vibe and this game with the action just felt so good at the time um so i don't have too much to say it's just a fantastic game if you like that if especially if you like the legacy of kane series and somehow missed out because i think it was also the last main last one in the series or at least the last main one i believe defiance so yeah
0: yeah i man i gotta say i yeah there I, it
1: is, I
0: have it <laughs> oh you got a copy of it i was nice. just trying to see if i had it sorry <laughs> i was so bummed out the other day and i should have saw this coming from a mile away but did you see Embracer? Uh, some deal fell through. They had like a two billion dollar deal on the table, Embracer, and something happened. The, the investor pulled out. A, people assume it might have been, might have been Microsoft, it might have been Amazon, whatever the case may be. But th- this this big investment pulled out for for Embracer, and they they put out a statement saying that a lot of their projects that they had in the work, they're gonna begin canceling some of those, oh, no. and they own the IP to Legacy of Kane. To, oh, no. to, yeah, they they own that they own that IP. They own the Deus Ex IP. Oh, they own the Thief IP. They own the Tomb Raider IP. And it's like they they did say that Tomb Raider is still in full production and that'll come out. But I, I did start thinking about Deus Ex and, and Legacy of Kane and I'm like oh, oh my God man please don't scrap those two. I think those might be a little bit too big to scrap. I'm thinking that they might be looking more along the lines of your you know, potential future saints road titles or your potential future uh, destroy all humans titles. No offense to those games, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Deus ex and legacy of Cain should be okay, but I don't know, man. And Embra- they, they bought off, they bit off way more than they could chew with, with gobbling goblin up everything. I bums yeah. me up, but yeah, okay. man, great, great shout out there I've, I've never played those games. I, I, I got to go through and, and play all those games. I really, really want to, because it's right up, right up my alley. So I'm hoping you would love it. it yeah.
1: You would definitely love it. All right. Well, we're moving on to our our favorite, our potential favorite here. So, what is what do you got for your number one?
0: I I'm a broken record, man. It's <laughs> okay. People, people are gonna hate me. Smackdown. Don't stop here. it. Smackdown. Here comes the pain. I I can't I can't sit here and lie. Look, shut your mouth. Was huge. It was a huge step forward. But here comes the pain. Just upped it to a totally different. Degree, uh, the, 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 from the story. Like, my favorite thing about Here Comes the Pain, and it's so stupid, but the, like, the cinematic painting, whenever you would pull off your finisher, they would cut to all these different angles, and it looked so cinematic. It looked so damn good. It was just, Here Comes the Pain was like the step forward in terms of gameplay and mechanics that the SmackDown series really, really needed. And it definitely did build off the back of Shut Your Mouth, but Here Comes the Pain was a humongous step forward. Yeah, man. SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. That's got to be my number one. I played this thing. Endlessly, So yeah, just quick shout out to it. I've been shouting out every wrestling <laughs> game ever. So I'm just going to throw a quick one to here comes the pain. It's absolutely my number one by a long, long, long shot.
1: I love when you talk about wrestling games because you get so excited and passionate, like a little <laughs> kid. It's awesome. Like, yeah. you know, you shouldn't have to apologize for it. If it's your favorite, it's your favorite Well, as someone that's not at least anymore, like a wrestling fan, I tend to see, or even as like a regular sports fan, I tend to see like sports games maybe in wrestling games is kind of just iterative each year. So what, what, at least in this case, what kind of made it you, maybe you already mentioned, I'm just wondering like what builds off to make a new wrestling game feel even better for you overall.
0: Here is it the... like
1: the overall feel or is it just like specific, like gameplay elements?
0: Well, yeah, it, it was, it definitely is iterative of, uh, uh, shut your mouth. It, it very much is, but this feels like, you you taught the 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 graphical leap was absolutely there the story the it began getting very the the story in shut your mouth was a game changer where it began getting a lot more choice driven and and leaning into that a lot more and then here comes the pain just totally doubled down on it um the backstage segments where you could like take the undertaker and his uh his his his, his he was the, the biker at the time. So you could literally drive his motorcycle around the arena and the backstage areas and stuff. The backstage areas were like all, uh, interconnected and here comes the pain. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was a humongous leap for, Oh, they, they added the, I believe I, once again, it did, you know, we're talking about 2003, 20 years ago. I <laughs> think that this, was the first year that added the elimination chamber, which is a match where you you have people waiting in these pods, and you have like a certain countdown until they can come out, and they all get into this big battle that's entrapped inside of this cage. But you can take the people, and and here comes the pain and smash them through the pods for <laughs> like so it's total carnage. It it's just yeah, it, it was a it was a huge leap forward in, in a lot of uh, areas, but it also is iterative of shut your mouth it's sh- it feels like the most complete package of all the smackdown games to that point though
1: cool i again you shouldn't have to apologize if it's your favorite it doesn't matter if it's in the same vein of things like it's it's your favorite so
0: i will say i i'm oh. t- there won't be another wrestling game until 2005 the n- <laughs> the next 2 years the, the, the i don't think that yeah, the next two years are two-packed, and I didn't enjoy SmackDown versus Raw, the the first one, as much as I did the second one. So the second one will, will be there in 2005, but the first one probably won't be. That's a big spoiler for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be a wrestling game then, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but back to 2005, we'll, we'll get into a yearly cycle of them bad boys hitting my list again until about 2008 or so. so.
1: You'll get yeah. me into wrestling games one way or the other.
0: <laughs> wrestle quest, do your job
1: <laughs> yeah do, yeah exactly that that would do it so my last one again i won't i won't spend too much time on it but is uh castlevania aria of sorrow for uh the game boy advance i castlevania is hands down apart from like silent hill and a couple others one of my favorite series of all times i've played all of them, i haven't beat all of them, of but i've played all castlevania games I just adore that franchise again, because I love spooky, gothic, moody vampire, like all that kind of supernatural stuff. So Ari of Sorrow came out on the Game Boy Advance, which might sound reductive, but it took the 2D Metroidvania, obviously elements of something like Symphony of the Night, and just made it a little bit more cartoony, not, not in terms of like the story and the vibe of cartoony in terms of the visuals, but kept... uh Kept up the really polished gameplay, the leveling up, the expansive castle settings um, with just different biomes. Um, I love Symphony of the Night. So, Aria of Sorrow just kind of picked up on a lot of that, kind of iterative, I guess, in the same sense of what we were just talking about. Um, I don't go back to the Game Boy Advance really much anymore, but Aria of Sorrow from 2003 is um, a phenomenal Metroidvania and a phenomenal Castlevania game. There was a couple others on GBA, but that was the, the top one, in my opinion. So, yeah.
0: Nice, man. Well, that is our top 10 games of 2003. Well, our, our top five apiece. I'm going to quickly go through my honorable mentions here. Um, I would, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and list them out to let people know where they would be ranked. Six would be Tony Hawk Underground 1. Seven would be Def Jam Vendetta. Eight would be Knights of the Old Republic. Nine would be Mad No 4. Ten would be Simpsons Hit and Run. And Freedom Fighters would be at 11. So uh, <laughs> Freedom Fighters barely, but I, I will say Tony Hawk Underground 1 and silent hill three that was a tough tough choice for me tony hawk underground one that was a game changer i loved the open world the the you know creative character more story focused to it like that that totally totally vibe I me mean, getting off your board and having more of those exploration sections going on totally vibed with uh tony hawk underground one so that's really close to number five that's like you know 5.1 and 5.2 so yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am glad you shouted that one out. That's one of my honorable mentions. So yeah, my last five if I was to do them in order, number 6 would be Mario Kart Double Dash, uh number 7 which I had was Tony Hawk's Underground, there was another crossover. Um number 8 was Rayman 3 Hoodlum Havoc as a platforming fan. Number 9 as a Harry Potter fan, Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup, and my number 10 was 13XIII. Don't play the remake ones or at least one of the remake ones, but the original 13 Um, The Cell Shaded Shooter was great back in the day and it's still the best version.
0: Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Well, those Uh, are our top 10 games of 2003. Yes, sir. So it's been a long recording, but we are finally (laughs) to the final topic that you good people voted on over on the community poll on youtube.com slash unnecessary rambling. And you all voted for a physical versus digital discussion. This was teased. In the last episode where we were talking about Alan Wake 2, we were talking about, you know, why does this thing not have a physical copy? And Jeffrey, I I will say, Mm -hmm. I, whenever we were discussing that, you said something to the effect of, is that really going to prevent you from buying Alan Wake 2? So I, 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 I know that you're, uh, we're, we're in, I think we're similar in some respects with this. Like, I, I don't think either of us hate digital or hate physical. Like you, you don't sit in either of those camps, do you?
1: No, not, I mean, no, not at all. Not, not, there's no, like, there's not major polarity now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this discussion, it's not going to be, at least from my perspective, like I'm not an anti digital guy at all. Obviously you see behind me, I I will, anytime there is a physical version of a game available that I want to buy, if it's at the, you know, similar price range, like if Jedi Fallen Order is on sale for, for. $14 on the Xbox store and I don't have a physical copy of it Uh, and the physical copy is 18 bucks. Like I'll go buy the physical copy. I I do value the the ownership of physical media, but I don't, I'll still buy games digitally. Like, and I'll double dip if I have something physically and I just, I want to grab it on a different system or whatever. I'll, I'm not an anti digital guy. By any any stretch of the imagination. But what what is your uh what is your kind of stance? What is your perspective? How how often do you purchase physical versus digital? Just a, a little breakdown for you.
1: Yeah, I'll be I mean, I'll be completely honest. I don't have much to say on the subject because again, like kind of like, like the whole not our console wars, like the other console wars thing that's out there is like I don't have a big say either way. So for me, I'm almost hundred percent digital. I just you literally what you see behind me that that's my physical collection but that's simply by nature i just don't have space yeah like if i had like like all these shelves i love collecting physical for the retro games i used to play back in the day you know i don't really go back and play a lot of them unless i have like a very big motivation to do so i just like looking at them for me it's like i love just looking at them and having the memories tying it to that time in my life when i played it, good bad or otherwise usually good um so for me honestly i'm Pretty much, almost 100% digital. I should say, I should say, I'm 100% digital when it comes to new games. I don't buy the last. The last new game I bought was like God of War 2018 for PS4. Oh wow! Um, I'm just, I'd, I'd I'm, I'm, I just prefer convenience at this point. You know, with bouncing between systems and the the job, the channel I used to do before was very focused on digital. I play a lot of indie games. Pretty much, most of those are digital, digital. with the exception of like super rare games and limited run, who do a great, great job of physical. um yeah. So I guess the, 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 brevity, the short answer is I prefer digital. I I like having retro games to collect and I would hate to not have that. But yeah. if it's, if we're talking about new games releasing in 2023, for example, I don't, I don't, I don't even want it to be physical. I don't, that's not important to me. So yeah. Um. anyway, so go ahead.
0: So for me, it's, it's, I don't ever take offense of someone deciding to go digital. Like, I'm sure you have damn good internet speeds in in Chicago, I'm guessing.
1: uh yeah, I mean, it's it's okay, yeah
0: yeah. so like <laughs> those, you know, people who are sitting around like hundred megabytes per second download speeds and stuff like that. I your your reasoning to go digital makes total sense in my opinion, especially when thinking about space and and all of those things make total sense to me, the 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 big thing that that worries me is just the the lack of laws, the lack of any sort of infrastructure that's being built currently to prevent these uh, publishers from just stripping your purchase away from you. Like with uh, in March, uh, over one thousand digital games were just wiped off the Wii U eShop. So if you didn't buy them, right. you know, but before. Or 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 had a physical copy of it, if you didn't buy it digitally before uh, whatever date that was in March, or if you didn't have a physical copy, those games are just totally inaccessible or the digital only games that didn't get, you know, a switch port that they're they're gone. Like, and the, the preservation aspect of things is what really worries me because there's a lot of good games. Once again, like you said, indie games that can't you know they they can't afford printing the physical copies and they can't afford doing all the manufacturing like that that's a big cost and the fact that if 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 we establish laws that would you know have in stone writing that would completely for for eternity make sure that that you could have access to your digital purchases like you even saw with um Oh, there was a game recently that got, that got pulled from where you can't even buy it anymore digitally. And it's just like, Mm. and and this is like on modern systems, just uh, crossfire X. You can't even, you can't even buy it anymore. It's just, just wiped away and it wasn't a very good game. And then nobody
1: wants to buy that anyway. It's
0: okay. I get that, but (laughs) I know I'm just just trying to make a joke. I know (laughs) I got you. Yeah. But, but from the standpoint of like, if they can do that with that game, they can do it with any game. and, and, I don't know. It it gets so much more nuanced and we can kind of dive into it, but it's just like, you know, deleting content because it might not be deemed uh, appropriate for modern standards and all these things where it's like, okay, well, who draws the line on that? You, you get to like, I remember with Peacock and I'm I'm sorry to go on a tangent here because I am kind of passionate uh, about this is I remember with Peacock. And and I don't even remember what they removed. I don't even know if they removed anything. But I remember the big fear was whenever uh, Peacock got access to the WWE Network, they were supposed to be removing some of like the Attitude Era bits that were deemed offensive. And and look, Mm. I I don't know what they removed. I don't know if they might have ended up backtracking on that or whatever. But it's just the fact that whenever it's all in this digital ecosystem that you have no ownership over whatsoever, they can just – whoever owns the rights – to that digital product can just kind of tinker with things like uh, who, who gives you the right to, to be the, the arbiter, who gives you the right to, to, you know, deem what is appropriate or what is something that should stay on the store and something that isn't, it's just, it's very, it's very sketchy to me.
1: I mean, your, your passion comes through, but it's well versed and it makes sense because you're right. We're in a, I guess we've been in an age with this not maybe gaming is newer to it, you know, but you know, you think again about music, right? Like I guess my, again, to me I want to have these conversations sometimes to be like playing the devil's advocate as well, because I, I definitely agree with you on that. It's very sad when games just go away. I guess in my mind, I've just kind of accepted that maybe I shouldn't accept that, but I've accepted that that's just part of unfortunately the future of this stuff, just like with music. Right. I can't think, I know you can collect vinyl and CDs, but like, Most people, maybe, maybe you can answer for me, like music. I can't even imagine just playing a CD anymore or I'm i not a vinyl person, but for me, just the ability to play music just off my phone like that, that's like magical. I know it's different than games, but I'm just thinking like the convenience you lose out by having the convenience of digital. Yes. That means you're going to lose out on potentially that content could just go away. You're right. That sucks. Like, I don't know what the solution is to that because physical is just not going to, it just won't be around forever. At some point it will end. I think that's just the sad reality. I guess how do you view it when it comes to something like music?
0: So the 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 file size is a big issue that separates music from gaming. You're talking about 100 gigabyte games, 70 gigabyte games and like you said, you know, in Chicago, in these, you know, New York, Los Angeles, like like these big uh, cities, they usually will have you know, at least 100 meg- uh, megabyte per second download speeds. And that's going to, to ensure that you, you know, uh, buying something digitally isn't a huge hindrance to your life. If I were to buy, like, let's say the new final fantasy game, if I were to buy that digitally, I'm waiting days for that thing to download. And, and I, I, hmm. I also, I want to say something that really, really bothers me and it's just, a total misunderstanding that people have about physical media where people will say, Oh, you know, well, if you just buy, if if you buy a physical copy of a game, it's essentially just a a download code. Anyway, that's not true for 99.9% of PS five and switch games. If you buy the physical copy of the game, yes, there will be updates and patches, but most games you can play from start to finish without updates or patches the updates or patches that's what you you have to have a, a you have to have you know the internet access for that but the actual download of what's on the disc that's why they said with final fantasy 7 the remake it'll come on two discs because right. it's <laughs> going to be the complete game on two discs so you know each uh discs uh, i think 100 um gigabytes so it's going to be like 150 120 whatever it ends up being but they needed two discs so that it can come complete on that disc and they value and understand that that will be preserved forever despite as long as you have a PlayStation 5 and you have the two discs for Final Fantasy 7 the, the the part 2 the rebirth it, you will be able to play that game forever regardless of any internet connectivity, you'll be able to play it forever. As long as it, it's, you know, there's no uh, crazy patch that requires you to, to you, you, those things do pop up, but it's not as common as people believe in. And it, it's almost a defeatist attitude that kind of bothers me where it's like people go, Oh, well you got to have the, 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 the patches and you got to have the updates anyway, to be able to play it. And it's like, because we keep letting them because yeah. we keep allowing it. If we, if we started coming to an agreement that like games should come out and have a fully playable version on day one, and we started demanding that, those things could be achieved. And, yeah. and it is achieved more often than not. So most publishers, most developers do value that because they understand to preserve their product, the version that they put out on store shelves, it has to be uh, complete on that disk to to ensure that it stays preserved for throughout time.
1: Yeah, again, perfectly well said. And I want to I make this note here. I'm just only playing devil's advocate for like the fun of a conversation. I 1 million percent agree with you, although I don't buy new games physically, Can just by nature of what you said for convenience and it's sometimes just easier. I don't want to see, I would be so sad to see a world where you lose out and it's just one or, I mean, I guess just one or the other. So I don't think physical should go away at all. I just, my concern, again, just being, I try to be negative but my concern is like how long will that last everything we see is pushing to that you know you, you can't really buy dvds and blu-ray movies anymore yes you can but yeah. that's becoming so much less because of subscription services so i just think i don't want it to go away but i guess to your point of like well we just should not support when developers don't, don't do it or support all these big updates but the problem is people vote with their wallets and just like with conversations around microtransactions or loot boxes everyone complains but everyone still spends money and you know what i mean that's the problem it's like people are complaining about you know Fortnite and warzone and overwatch and like people are spending billions of dollars on this and everyone hates it but they don't because we're all still spending money on it so i guess it's like we still vote with our wallets right the only thing we should be
0: yeah the only thing I'll, i'll push back on a little bit there is that you still, like you said, you still can buy vinyl. Uh, you can, for the the majority of big releases for Blu-ray, unless it's like a Netflix exclusive, obviously they don't really want to put out a physical copy. And I understand that, but like the, you can, you can get physical releases for the majority of the bigger films still to this day, the majority of the bigger albums still to this day. And those are very, very, I would say very uh and i i don't know the numbers off the top of my head so someone can correct me if i'm wrong but i would imagine that both of those industries are much more uh pushing towards the digital future way quicker than gaming i think it's still something like 25% of all purchases in the in the gaming marketplace are done physically that's a, a you uh, publishers don't want to miss out on 25% of their sales you know if you're you're talking about a game that sells you know 50 million copies Like that, those are, that's a big percentage when you start getting into larger numbers like that. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I understand we're pushing towards that day, but I, I actually don't think it's going to come as quick as people assume people are talking about by like, by the end of this generation we will be all digital. And I just, I, I. Unless there is some plan in place right now, which we see, you know, with Starlink and, and you know these different uh, satellite internet's services that are coming to fruition, if those become more reliable and those become widely available at a lower cost, then maybe we can get to a point of an all digital ecosystem in gaming, but those file sizes are just way bigger than, than, uh, than, than film and music. So it's like, I, I that's yeah. why I, that's the big reason why I end up going, um, physically is to avoid having to sit there and, and hassle with my internet that barely works half the time.
1: Yeah. I do I mean, again, all the points you're making are solid and I don't disagree with them. You know, so it, it just, I'm probably not the best con- person to have this conversation with. Cause like, to me, it's like, I just want there to be both. (laughs) Like I'm not like one side or the other. I just opt more on convenience, but you're right. That, that really is dependent on people's internets. That's dependent on where you're at in the world and not everyone has good infrastructure. And interestingly, the U S has worse infrastructure than lots of places in the world, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. And to address the point that you, I, I skipped over, which I shouldn't have your big point, which is absolutely the worst is that at any point your purchase can just be gone digitally. Yeah. And you're right. That's something I think about, like, I don't, yeah, it's a first world problem. But like, when I look at like my games on Xbox, my wife's like, God, you're like 400 games. And I'm like, yeah, that's super cool. But like, you're right. Any of those could just be gone at any second. I mean, most of the time, as long as you have it downloaded and yep. installed, that can't go away. I think the most notorious in a tangential way is uh PT. Yes. You know, you look at PT from, from years ago, the playable teaser for what was going to be silent Hills that's a small example and that's yeah you didn't buy it because it was a demo but you think about people are clamoring to get a PS4 that still has PT installed on it because Konami in their infinite wisdom is like we're just gonna take it away they can make that call but it's like if it's a game you purchased as you had said we're we're not actually purchasing the game digitally you're purchasing the ability to play the game exactly. and you're right that that sucks you're right like that just sucks but it's like all of that fine print, the EU EU LAs, all those things we all just skip over. We're all just agreeing to it blindly. So it sucks, yeah. I mean, there's no way around, it just sucks, yeah.
0: <laughs> but well, I'm gonna read you this tweet that I pulled up, I, I, cause I remembered this and I wanted just, uh, it's TMV, I, I'll, I'll put it up on the screen so people can see it. He, he uh, posted, Amazon deleted my final space digital purchase of season one and two. My video library has been wiped clean of final space content. Uh, Well, WTF and Amazon help replies directly says, hello, your purchase titles may become unavailable due to licensing restrictions or other, or for other limited reasons. You can read more about this here. And it's just, it gives a link to like pretty much saying what you buy does not mean it's an indefinite purchase. It means that until something pops up until we, we have to pull this away from you for whatever reason we deem fit. Rather it be licensing issues, rather it be uh, content issues, whatever. It's just gone. And it's like, look, man, I, here's my thing. If we're going to go all digital, you know what I want? Let's go to, let's go all the way into subscription services. Okay, cool. Don't, don't bullshit me. Don't tell me I own something that I don't own. Let's go all subscription services. I know I don't own that. Fine. You're you're. I'm paying you fifteen dollars a month, so I can access infinite freaking day one first party games from from Game Pass and all these back catalog games. I'm I'm never going to cancel that subscription. Just like I went to Blockbuster nonstop. It, it it if we're give me value to get into this digital marketplace and and don't lie to me on the way there. Okay, cool. I'll just download the day one first party games that I want to play or the the third party games and, and, or, or, you know, the back catalog games. And I'll understand that I don't have infinite access to these games, but this, this lie of you paying $30 for something digitally. And I look, I, I bought layers of fear digitally. I don't think it has a physical copy. I'm not totally anti-digital. It's just, I I don't like the fact that there's nothing in place preventing the, you know, the these services or these servers from just being wiped one day. And yeah, that, that, that's just kind of my my whole point on it, I guess.
1: <laughs> no, but it's a it's, it's the point that I think you're right as a as a industry, and again myself included at times needs to adopt. Because if I couldn't, these few games that I have, if, if I couldn't now go onto a retro site and buy those uh, for all the nostalgic reasons we've talked about with our top games or whatever, I'd be really bummed. Yes. Like if I couldn't go play freaking Haunted Mansion because I can't buy it, I would be really sad by that. Because So that's happening. You're right. That's happening now because 10 years from now, you may not be able to get layers of fear, for example, right? Right. Because of X, Y, Z reason. If you didn't already have it and blah, 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 you might lose a hard drive. You might, whatever. You can't just buy it again from someone else. So I think, again, your point is it's it's a sad reality. I guess my thing is how is it going to, can it change, A- Will sure change and like will enough people ensure it changes i i don't want physical to go away at all either even if i don't partake in it it needs to be there because you're right preservation is huge and it's going to be sad and even a hundred years from now if this industry has gone because you can't play any of the things that were created in these years, you know, for example, right.
0: Well, it's just like, you know, uh, they were talking about wiping the, the PS three store a while ago, you know, and then a bunch of people got outraged about that. And then the backlash ensured that that wouldn't be the case. And it's, I'm, I'm never, uh, I agree with you, Jeffrey. I'm a vote with your wallet guy. I don't think, I think people do way too much talking, way too much talking myself included. I i I'll, I'll bitch about something and then end up not, you know, following through. And it's like, uh, here's my thing. Do whatever you want to do. I really don't care what people do. I just hope that if you decide to if you decide that, that that if you are a physical games guy, if that's something that you truly believe in and you want that to stay around, and I understand if people people uh, you know, like you said, shelf space and then the the time and convenience, whatever you value, whatever's more important to you, I'm not shitting on anyone for for having their preferences but my thing is this if you truly do value physical games i can't i can't listen to the 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 convenience argument i can't listen to it 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 drives me up the wall for someone who is passionate about physical games for someone who wants this uh you know wants to have that option available to then hear someone say yeah but You know, I was going to buy it physically, but I just, I didn't want to drive to the store or I just, I didn't want to go to my, my mailbox to pick it up from Amazon. It's like, (laughs) dude, you're going to kill uh, the, you're going to kill the, 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 the option of having physical available. I understand once again, so many people, it's not, it, I don't mind if someone goes all digital, but if you are passionate about physical games and you have the space to to keep physical games around and and that's something that you want to stay as a viable uh, part of this industry just go buy it go buy it physically and 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 keep the cuz the the further we see you know if it gets to 90 10 if the split goes 90% uh digital 10% physical yeah we're done so we just got to prevent that from happening cuz it is vote with your wallet it's very much vote with your wallet
1: yeah I think that sums it up good. If you're passionate about yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't need to rehash. I think that just summed it up perfectly. So yeah, it's, it's a good topic and it's, it's an ever evolving topic and you know what I mean? It can change so often because as the industry is so volatile. So, I mean, game preservation, no matter what, at the end of the day, is a tough thing and it needs to happen though. You're right. Otherwise future generations are going to lose out on all these things we're enjoying right now. And that's a bummer.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and you're talking about, you know, a lot of these lawmakers and stuff, not trying to be rude, but might not be the most knowledgeable in this field. So it, it's very much on us, man. It's very much on us to keep supporting the, the things that we want to stay around. And uh, that would just be my, my only, like, I'm not trying to Ted talk here, but it, <laughs> If you, if you have passion for something, if you enjoy something, and if you want something to continue staying around, just support it, man, support it. That's the only way you're going to ensure that anything that you enjoy, anything that you love stays around consistently is if you, if you put your money where your mouth is and yeah, so that, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's the end of my, I'm going to get off my, my high horse here. And, uh, yeah, I, I. I don't know. It It is something that, that I'm really passionate about. It's something that I, I could go on and on with for forever, but yeah. I'll end it there. That That's kind of my, my overall thoughts on the, the physical versus digital argument. And sorry to kind of drag you into the, into the, 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 my, my monologue here, my, because it is kind <laughs> of like a, it just, it's, it, it's something I think about, like literally all the time. It's something I'm really, really passionate about, but yeah. it's not something that like, I don't hate digital games. You know what I mean? I don't hate it at all. If there was a better infrastructure in place that prevented just, just that stuff being wiped, then yeah, I wouldn't be anti-digital.
1: I mean, it's a good conversation. you have nothing to apologize for? That's the point of this is we just, there's going to be lighthearted. There's going to be more serious. Like it's a blend of things. Right. And I think we need to have these talks and it's fun to talk about it. And it's good to share our art when we have not different sides, but like we look at things a little differently and, but they still want the same thing. So I think it's going to make for interesting conversations. So I, I mean again, people voted on it, people also want to hear about it, clearly. You know what I mean? So
0: yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. You know, we'll we'll, we'll hit on whatever topics that you got to give a little back backstory for how we we do this. We Jeffrey and I each submit two topics each week and uh we put those into the poll and then whatever whatever gets picked, we just end up we end up rolling with that. So head on over to the, the community poll that goes up every Thursday on unnecessary rambling around 9 a.m. or so. So make sure to go on over there and vote to get the final topic that you want discussed on the show but that is the show that's the show for today man so i appreciate you jeffrey appreciate you for uh sharing your infinite wisdom with me that was fun man it
1: was a it was a long one man if anyone stuck with it please please just know i say we know two hours three hours almost three hours is a long time we don't expect people to sit there you got things to do but that's the joy of this is we have so many different segments and clips and little areas of the show like it's not just one topic so obviously if you can watch more of it great if you just need to hop around to the things that interest you I do that by all means do that. We just want you to be able to hopefully have a good time here and uh, just get some good, uh, good vibes as we talk about our, our passionate game stuff. So thank you, Brandon, for once again, our second show together. Hopefully it went well for everyone. I'm excited for our continued journey. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Thank you for taking the time. We really, really, really appreciate it so much.
0: Definitely, man. Yeah. It's been a blast, man. And uh, I appreciate you all for tuning in episode 16, heading into with a fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is 15. Heading into <laughs> so. yeah, heading in heading into 16 <laughs> with a with a with a Final Fantasy Fury in mind. So some Final Fantasy 16 on episode 16.
1: Oh, look, it's meant to be. It was oh. like the stars aligned just
0: for you. Keep it smoothing, baby.
1: Keep smoothing, <laughs> baby. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week and ha- keep keep smoothing.
0: Keep smoothing. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> see you all soon. Goodbye. See
1: ya. Bye. <laughs>